a long time ago in a comics and cinema podcast far, far away. Hey everybody and welcome to a very special podcast, if you could tell by the intro. I am joined here by a fellow Jedi, my brother Stephen Klein. He is here and we are about to talk about the Skywalker Saga. That also includes uh, Rogue One and Solo, but obviously all nine of the Skywalker movies. We're going to be giving you our thoughts on them, including my brother's hot thoughts on uh, Rise of Skywalker, since I already shared that in a, a prior podcast. And then we're actually going to we're going to be going over our list of what our favorite Star Wars movies are. And like I said, kind of just talking about where we see, see the Skywalker saga and how things kind of wrapped up. So we'll get started. Stevie, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Good to be back. I uh, can neither confirm nor deny that I'm force sensitive, but Ooh. I am excited to talk about Star Wars. Uh, I'm sure, I feel like Alex has probably alluded to this before, that I'm a bit of a Marvel hater. But... Oh, oh, it's not been alluded to. <laughs> but... But Star Wars is the one franchise that I've loved since I was a kid, and I, uh, based on how I feel about Star Wars, I understand how Alex and a lot of people feel about Marvel because I'm willing to overlook certain flaws in terms, and you know, just kind of enjoy the movies, which I do. I guess that's that makes me an even luckier guy because I get to do that with <laughs> right. Star Wars with every, and yeah. Marvel and any sure. other movie. But um, yeah, so you know, I, I think what would be a good a good place to start for this. Uh, especially for our listeners, is to kind of go over our background. You know, I was thinking about this too in, in some prior podcasts as well. It's like, okay, I think a lot of times when I'm explaining things or talking about things, I have to give this sort of background of like, here's where I was in my life when I was seeing this movie or like, here's all the things that I know about this. And it's because of, do you remember when taking like the public speaking classes and part of the the ethos pathos and logos was like, you, you have to, you got to establish reputation. You got to establish, exactly, right? why should people, why should people listen to us? Sorry, sweatshirt's coming off. It's getting hot in here. So um, in terms of our our Star Wars fandom, and, I, and we will preface it with this, anybody can be a Star Wars fan. Ryan Johnson proved that in The Last Jedi, uh, showing that anyone, you know, anyone can be Force-sensitive. But um, So it does not matter how much of a fan or how little of a fan you are. You are considered a fan. There's no special thing that you have to do. But for me and Stevie, it goes back quite a long ways. Um, and I tell you what, I'm going to let Stevie kind of share it, and I'll pipe in as uh, as we go. I'm trying to think of what our earliest memories would be well, of Star Wars. Well, to me, the thing is, you know, Phantom Menace came out in 99. I was six years old. You would have been eight. Correct. Um, even before that, we grew up on Star Wars. And I think part of this, I was talking to our parents about this. We grew up on a bootleg VHS tape of the original trilogy which was somebody had recorded onto a VHS of their own. I don't know who. I, again, can't confirm or deny who may have made that bootleg tape. <laughs> but, yeah, so the idea that we grew up with these movies before even going into Phantom Menace is pretty crazy because for a lot of people my age, Phantom Menace may have been the first Star Wars they saw. That wasn't the case for us, but it was the first one we saw in theaters, and we had already you know, fallen in love with this, I don't know, this fantasy world, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so that's kind of the where that began, and then uh, Alex will probably tell you. I don't know if you have already the stories of you know the, the pre-advanced. I haven't, and, and this is where guys, I've been pre I've been uh, talking this up for quite some time, 
But uh, yes, yeah, so Stevie's correct. We grew up on those. Eventually, our parents, I remember, I don't remember the day, but I do remember we were in Sam's. Uh, when we were younger, and we were like, no way, Dad, like, Dad, there's a there's a DVD three set of all of the original trilogy of the Star Wars movies, and he's like, we gotta get it, and so it was like, do you get the gold full screen or the silver widescreen, and so we got the silver widescreen one, but, um, so yeah, but with Phantom Menace, um, I had a friend in school, uh, so we had just moved to Ohio, actually, we moved to Ohio in, was that 98, I think, um, it may have been late 97, but... Um, so I, w- I, w- I was in either first or second grade at the time when Phantom Menace was coming out, and I had a buddy who uh, I guarantee was not listening to this podcast. I have no idea like where he's at in his life after we moved away from Ohio. I never saw him again. His name was John Kitchen, and uh, him and I were good buddies. We played a lot of like you know not cops and robbers but like soldier stuff, and we were really into Star Wars. And it just so happened, and I don't know the details certainly, but uh, we were hanging out one time, and he was like, "Hey, do you want to watch?" Uh, the Phantom Menace, and I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, the movie's not even in the theaters yet. He goes, no, but my friend, my friend's dad worked on the movie and has a VHS copy of the movie, and I was like, no, like, that's complete horse hockey. Like, he doesn't do, he was like, no, like, I'll, I'll ask him and do it, and I was even at that age, like, I was very not trusting because we had moved so much. I was like, okay, like, that sounds good. You get me the VHS tape, let me know, and I'll all come over and watch it. And no joke, like that weekend, he was like, "Hey, I got it. Let's watch it." And I was like, "No way!" So uh, we went over to his house, and we we're in his basement, and on this really tiny TV, and uh, we watched the Phantom Menace on VHS before it came to theaters. It was crazy, and um, that's it's funny. I remember that more than I remember actually seeing the movie in theaters. I, I obviously we went and saw it in theaters. I'm sure mom and dad took us. I just I don't remember much about that because we were really young. But I definitely remember seeing it in John Kitchen's basement. Sure. So that was super cool. Um, and then in in regards to you know furthering on the story, I suppose uh, our cousins were really into Star Wars as well. Our cousin Cameron and Christian, and we all had a ton of lightsabers. So I guess you could say we're true Jedi because we reenacted uh, a lot of scenes from Revenge of the Sith. Attack of the Clones, doing lightsaber battles in the pool and outside of the pool. Uh, we even had w- one of us played Padme. We would we would switch off playing Padme too right. because you've got to have the impetus for a- uh, Anakin's rage, and, yeah. and someone has to be the one to say. I think Cameron Anakin. was always Anakin. And, too. Yeah, and Cameron was always Anakin because he was really good at yelling, and I think I ended up always being Padme. But um, I was you know Anakin, you're breaking my heart, and then he would just scream, "I hate you!" and throw thing throw a lightsaber at me. But uh, along with that, we had like we re- we read till the bones of uh, the visual visual dictionaries and uh, what are those other ones that were like the I had these little square books that were maybe like oh yeah you know, three by three inches that were like flip book you know full illustrated books of the original trilogy oh, that's those right. were great those were fun to read in the car I that... also remember that toy you might remember this it was like a Millennium Falcon with a bunch of sound oh, yeah. buttons on it it, it was, was like, like a, a matching game where yeah, you, you had to, yeah play the different sounds you know yes. like we're being watched sort of thing and you'd have to find okay, but the how two many and... of those do you remember because there were a ton that was on there there was obviously like R2's Scream there yep. was definitely something from Yoda definitely something from Han Solo oh yeah Yoda's was the um there's the drop your weapon i mean oh, wait you know put your weapon i mean you know i her. mean you know her. and then there was a good darth vader one in there too the probably oh, yeah. what have you done with those plans what have you done with those plans and the impressive most impressive <laughs> uh but that one that, those oh and i've got a bad feeling about this yeah. there's a lot of class so we knew a lot of classic star wars lines at that point uh and then we saw attack of the clones obviously in theaters when it came out and um i i i saw that at the uh 
the Stonebriar Mall in Frisco. Oh. I think. No, it had to have been because we were in Texas at that point. And then same with Revenge of the Sith. Same thing. I think I was on dates for both of those. Um, obviously, was more focused on the movie. You know, girl trying to grab my hands. <laughs> put that away. Leave me alone. A Jedi. A Jedi. Uh, you know, I have to. Put, I hate you. I hate you. But uh, yeah, and so then we, we I think we rode on that Star Wars high for a long time because we got obsessed with Lego Star Wars, the complete saga, every Star Wars Battlefront game, really. Games. Battlefront. Uh, there was that Revenge of the Sith Xbox game. Yep. And uh, I feel like there was a couple of other. There was like a that, Jedi. There was that Obi-Wan Jedi one. Yep. There's the Kotar games. The Star Wars Jedi Starfire. Oh, how about Phantom Menace for PS1, everybody? Oh, yeah, yeah. IMTC14, Protocol Joy. That's the one Trade of the Federation. all-time greats. Yeah. Uh, what does he say? Oh, yeah. Still be prepared for the unexpected. But uh, yeah, so we've had just we've had a lot of experience with uh, with especially with the prequels, and so I don't think it's a secret that. I mean, I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but I, I would say the prequels probably shaped us more than any of the three. Obviously, the the original trilogy was what got us into Star Wars, but we got the most exposure on the the prequel trilogy just due to all the games and the toys that were out at the sure. time. Um, I know we were obsessed. I was obsessed with Darth. I had Darth Maul's double-bladed lightsaber until one Jedi battle cut it in half. That's right, and, and it became then, two. And it became bladed. two, and that was, you know, if only we were filming those scenes. A bit of an homage to uh, Fallen Order if you get that far in the game. Ooh, I haven't gotten there yet, but um, thanks for spoiling it for <laughs> me. So uh, that's a good callback to uh, back in the day. Uh, I started playing Red Dead Redemption, and uh, our neighbor spoiled the ending of that movie when I was about probably five this hours isn't like an end it's nothing like that it's not okay okay good okay but uh yeah so we we were in, and at that point you know you're kind of just reliving everything right like you're watching the, the the originals you're watching the prequels and then all of a sudden disney buys uh lucasfilm and i get so excited because they just bought marvel and i'm thinking disney's not can't be stopped and i'm specifically saying this and i can see the grin on stevie's face growing because you got uh, your mickey mouse ears in the mail and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I actually never asked you about that, though. That's why I brought it up. Was Did you have at the time, or have you had any thoughts about Disney now having Star Wars? Yeah, so I obviously was excited to see new Star Wars movies because I'm a big Star Wars fan. However, I worried, based on the way that they conduct things with Marvel and all their other stuff, I said, hmm, where, are we going to start getting a, a Star Wars movie every year? Am I going to start having Star Wars fatigue the same way as I've had superhero movie fatigue? And unfortunately, it seems like the answer is yes, not just for me, but for a lot of people, because, you know, we've seen that Solo didn't do very well uh, financially, I guess, even though I really like that one. It's just, there is so much a thing. There is such a thing as too much of a good thing, and I don't think Disney understands that. Uh, because for them, the good thing is making money, and there's not enough of that for them. Um, so I I don't like that they have Star Wars in the sense that I'm worried about how they're going to continue to dilute that universe. But, you know, I enjoy the movies. I can't argue with that. What did you think of? We actually, uh, this weekend also, we just finished watching The Mandalorian. Um, great ending awesome ending to the show based on that show do you think that's furthering your opinion or do you think it's maybe questioning it a bit 
what do you mean in terms of? Well, now so Disney owns Star Wars, so they they have right. put out a ton of movies, but now they're putting out TV shows too. And at least in my opinion, the quality for that show specifically, the quality is fantastic. Again, yeah, the products themselves are good. I enjoyed Mandalorian. I'm worried about how many other Star Wars shows we're gonna have. How many years are we gonna be watching this Mandalorian show? Uh, as long as it's good, as long as I don't know. Do you know about the other shows? Are they? I'm sure they're doing others. I don't know. This is a comic and cinema first. Here we go. So, um, so Mandalorian's been confirmed for season two. Of course, that's all we renewed. Know. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's <laughs> renewed, uh, as Stevie would call it. Uh, the, no, the there's folks gonna at Disney decided. Yes, we're gonna continue making our Disney show. <laughs> Thank you. Please hold your applause. Um, there's uh, gonna be an Obi Wan show. Okay. That is going to be directed. Now that's and, got me worried. All right. Directed and ran by Deborah Chow, who's Don't the one that, that directed the third episode of The Mandalorian, the one where that's, um, he escapes of the baby. That's the smallest of resumes. It's just and one episode. And also of the, the episode show. before this episode. <laughs> okay. Great. Is that all she's done? Is two uh, episodes? But here's of the big, the big kicker: Ewan McGregor is playing Obi Wan. Okay, that could be good. So maybe I'm not as worried. He came out, and he's the one who came out. When is it going to be set? Uh, I imagine, just based on, because I know they're probably going to go with Ewan McGregor's age, I imagine it's probably going to be set between uh, Revenge of the Sith and New Hope, is my hope. Where What's he's he like going to be up to? So he kind of would be, question. he would be a hermit on Tatooine. There's some comics that have already been done about like what he does. Like he kind of silently watches over Luke Skywalker. There's some times where he got in trouble and he like helped him out and he didn't know it was Obi-Wan, but most of the time he's like studying and learning the ways of the Force be a great show to have Qui-Gon on to have him be a force ghost teaching Obi-Wan how because yeah. remember Yoda right. was like yeah you know you got because that was where we left off in exactly Sith, exactly really. so if they pulled that stuff off I'd be like hell yeah okay they could call it Old Ben you're That'd not be a good yeah, show name. Old Ben I don't want to think what about if he, Old Ben Old Ben Kenobi uh the, the here here's where things are going to go downhill guys I can already tell you what Stevie's going to say but we got a Cassian Andor show. Who oh is my the... god! <laughs> okay, the uh, main guy from Rogue One, Give which is a, uh, a great way for us to push into. Actually, we're not pushing there yet. I was going to say that's at the bottom of. It's actually at the bottom of both of our lists, but um, yeah. So I'm not head over heels on that show. <laughs> we'll see. I'm heels over here. I'm curious. Honestly, I am curious as to like who in the boardroom was like. Out of every freaking character, like especially after the Darth Maul reveal at the end of Solo, why they were like, let's do a Cassian Andor. Every movie. character in Rogue One is generic to me. I, if you had to make any given character have their own show, I would probably say Ben Mendelsohn or maybe Forrest Whitaker's. Really, uh, many of your talents. Who's uh? <laughs> what's Forrest Whitaker's character's name? Uh, Saw Guerrero. Guerrero. Lies. That- Deception. I think he'd be a pretty good show, but Cassian Andor is, I believe, Diego Luna's character. Correct. I like Diego Luna, but come on, man! Like, what happened to making good movies, brother? Also, huge, huge shout out to um, what's his face? Who's the? I was thinking Diego. Luna. No, who's? Yeah, who's the face of the Mandalorian? Oh, uh, I don't remember. Isn't it? Uh, it's like Pedro. Pedro. Or Pedro, Pas- Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Um, I love that he got his helmet off in the in That's this a spoiler last if you haven't seen it. Yeah, but... spoilers. Oh, by the way, we're gonna be talking spoilers for. I everything. was I was shocked to see that the guy behind the mask was the same guy who did the voice of the Mandalorian. I know, right? Series. I was so shocked, but it was it was a perfect way of like, oh, I mean, he's like no living things. It's like, come on, dude, yeah, you're like, you walked right into that one. Buddy. Yeah, right. But uh, and of course, the only person who's ever seen the Mandalorian is now dead. He. Uh... Whoa! Spoilers. Yeah, another one. 
Um, I'm gonna have to put a little. Nah, it's okay. I I'm nervous about those shows just because I don't like TV generally. I think if you have a good story to tell, uh, you should be able to tell it at the very most in a miniseries, right? We've seen that with like True Detective, um, Watchmen. I think of yeah, Watchmen or that Maniac show on Netflix is great. But once you stretch a story beyond one season of TV, it really starts to tax. And there's so much filler. And we saw that even totally with agree. season one of Mandalorian. There's at least three, two or three episodes in there where I'm like, come on, this is the same thing and it's not doing anything for anybody. There's some really great episodes at the end and at the beginning, but there's a chunk in the middle where I kind of lost interest. And I we tuned in for Baby Yoda because he's Baby Yoda. But uh, I... I don't know. I will say, based on the last episode of The Mandalorian, that an interesting show could be a Stormtrooper sitcom. Yes. Because I think it's fun to humanize those guys. And make them as bad as they were in terms of when they started doing the target practice. I think that's a great missing every you know, long-time show. explanation for Stormtroopers can't hit their shots. Also, I don't remember what one of them was, but the other one was Jason Sudeikis. Oh really? One of them was Jason Sudeikis, which I guess I'm gonna have to watch it again. But yeah, so I, I and I was thinking about it too. You've got the first three episodes of The Mandalorian, which is perfect. That's like a movie essentially, because then he leaves at the end. The fourth episode is incredible. That's the one where they go to that planet and fight that was the a good ATSD. one, yeah, great one. But again, it was filler. It it needed to introduce some characters, but then you could have cut out the next episode, that gunslinger episode. Throw that one away in the trash. That one where they went to that like prison planet right. to get the Tweedleck brother. I was like, come on, what? Like, I don't care about any of this, and I know they're all gonna die at the end. So why does it matter? Well, they didn't. They didn't die. They, they just got caught. Uh, yeah, whatever. But regardless, I, yes, and I enjoyed that episode too. But I just this once that uh, seventh episode came out, I was like, finally, like finally, we're back on track. They could have made this a five episode series as opposed to eight. I guess it would have been six if you cropped those two out. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good call. Okay. But yeah. So there's there's the show. So I guess that's that's a good point. But um, and I, and I agree. I do agree. When they when they started announcing all of those side movies like Rogue One and whatnot, I was nervous as well. I was excited because again, I love Star Wars. So it's like obviously I'm gonna go see these movies. But I really yeah. hope that they're good movies. So when that announcement came out. Uh, and they, they said, you know, we're going to do a trilogy and probably some knockoff films and whatnot. Literally, the first thing in my head was just like, please do an Obi-Wan movie. I'd been I'd been wanting one for a really long time. Or a Darth Maul movie. And, of course, they didn't do either of those things. But um, they ended up doing the Bounty Hunter thing. I wanted a Bounty Hunter movie. And, and we got a Bounty Hunter show, which is good enough. But um, Force Awakens comes out. And uh, we went and saw Force Awakens in uh, California. We were on vacation. And we saw that. And, and where was that? Orange, Oxnard. Oxnard, right. Um, that was crazy because we, like, Dad cut us ahead of, like, the entire line. Do you remember that? Yeah, there was a, a place for people to stand waiting to get in, and my dad just didn't see the line and just walked straight into the theater. And so we just followed him in, and, no, like, there weren't even anyone there by the door, so we just sat in. So we got perfect seats. It was great. When that opening, I think in terms of opening... Like opening, not crawls, but just the opening bit, that was probably my favorite opening of all time just because it had been so long since we had seen a Star Wars movie. It had been so long since we'd seen one like in theaters and, you know, your memory kind of fades and just that that long, long time ago fading away, the Lucasfilm fading away and then the crawl coming on and the music blaring. Like I was just instantly transported and instantly happy. It was awesome. And, and I said this on... Um, Maybe I didn't. I, these are all thoughts that I've had that I've been, you know, trying to save for this. But um, with Force Awakens, uh, great movie, loved it. I think we both gave it like a ten out of ten when we first saw it, and then as as we kept rewatching it, it the number dropped. I didn't give it a ten. You didn't? No, I did. But then I, it's at a nine now. 
But um, what it was fun, what the thing I was gonna say was I didn't even realize that that was a straight up re like complete repackaging of a new hope until the very end of the movie when Han, they're all looking at the star killer and Han's like, we've done it before. And I was like, wait, Oh <laughs> no. It was like, like an inception thing. I was like, no, or shutter Island. But, um, but yeah, so then we, you know, we saw force Wiggins and we saw last Jedi, uh, again on Christmas vacation, we were out, uh, cousin's wedding in, um, uh, Florabama. In Florabama. Yeah. We saw it at the wharf and, Some uh, wharf. Great, great movie too. Lo- loved uh, Last Jedi, and um, and then just now Rise of Skywalker. Stevie's, I think you've seen it twice now, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen it three times. So let's do this. Let's. Um, how about we? How, do you want to do our lists first, or do you want to talk about Rise of Skywalker? Maybe well, we can just talk about it when we get to it. Yeah, okay. let's talk about that it. That sounds good. There. So, guys, we're going to just jump into our list. So this is essentially, we've rated our, and this, again, I always have to point this out because, you know, some people on the internet, certainly not you guys because you're all cool, but um, if people think, oh, my God, my list is the list. If, if, you don't, if you don't like this list, you're bad at movies, you're bad at cinema, you're bad at life. Everyone's list is their own list. So congratulations if you liked these movies more or less than us. Uh, these are literally our favorite movies, not the best. We can't claim them because we didn't make the movies. So um, these are just a list of our favorite Star Wars movies in order. And so I'll preface on mine. I have one movie at a seven, and then the rest of them are eights to tens. So even my lowest movie is still not that bad, though I would I think Stevie has a, a different thought on maybe that last one. So we'll get started because that last movie is the same movie for both of us, which is Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So, um, yeah, we went and saw that in theaters, and yeah. I, I enjoyed it in the theater. I liked the fact that um, all of the characters died. I thought that was cool, just because I was like, you know, the, you can't make them live, because this is a lead-up to the New Hope. Like, they, it says they all paid a great price. So that was fine. I'm glad they all died. I loved the Darth Vader scene at the end. General Krennic. In a was sense, cool. I'm glad they all died too. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't want any more movies with these characters. And and upon watching it a couple more times too, the cinematography is actually pretty good in a lot of scenes with the uh, like the laser explosions and the fights. The battles are great in this movie. I really like them, especially the last battle on. Uh, whatever the planet was, the last planet. But whenever they shoot the planet killer into the planet, is just the beam and the explosions. It's, it's beautiful. It's a feast for your eyes. But at that same time, they were like, wow, if people really like the CGI of our bombs, wait till you see the CGI of, of uh, Peter Cushing and uh, Carrie Fisher. And that... This inst- movie should have been prefaced with the dead speak. I think. They, right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, seriously, because and I, I'm as forgiving as they come when that comes to that sort of stuff. I'm, I love CGI. I'm, I'm fine with it. But when you are, this movie so blatantly was Disney going, look at us, look what we can do. We own. Keep, we own Peter Cushing. Keep we own looking. It, it wasn't. It, they could have easily just had a couple scenes with either of them seeing their reflection in a window, or the briefest cut of them talking, where you don't have time to look at the face and go, "That's a CGI person." Or just get a look alike. Or give yeah. them some makeup. It's not that hard. So I, I just think they really thought they had something there, and. The, the the obviously the CGI has gotten even better over time. Oh, has it? No, as in like like <laughs> science wise, not in that movie. Oh, and so, so like things are even better. So it's like they should have known like this is going to be obsolete in a couple of years. We That's shouldn't true. risk it, but they did. And 
so that and to me that was a that's a huge speed bump for me in that movie because both times all the times i've seen it anytime both of those people are on immediately takes me out of the movie and i go i hate these cgi people when i saw what they did to my man's peter cushing i was stunned i was appalled uh, of course, I will say, of all the actors in the world to CGI, I think Peter Cushing would probably be the most chill about it because he made so many like funky horror movies that he'd probably be like, "Oh, that's cool, you're reanimating the dead." But right. I don't. I, it just makes no sense to do that. I understand how pivotal he was in uh, Episode Four, or maybe it was Five. I don't remember which one he showed up in. Four. Uh, but yeah, that was atrocious to me, and. But arguably even worse than that was the CGI for Carrie Fisher. Uh, was she alive at the time? Mm-hmm. She was alive when this one came out. Obviously, you can't use her now. Why. It may it they do it just to have her say the word hope because the next movie is called The New Hope. Uh, her CGI was even worse than Peter Cushing's. The movie could have ended because the movie ends with um, whatever the person or whoever shows up, and you're looking at the back of her of head. Her. Yeah. Movie could have ended before it began. Uh, Whoa. I, uh, to me, this this seems a lot like a Peter Jackson thing, where, um, you know, there's jokes made about how he could turn a postcard from Tolkien into three movies. This is a movie made out of two words from New Hope, which are those plans. What have you done with those plans? Apparently, also the crawl. It doesn't. But again, like, why we don't need a movie to tell this when we already know the outcome. It's not like the prequels where, yeah, we know Anakin becomes Darth Vader, but there's so much there and there's so much we don't know. This could have been a flashback. Yeah. In New Hope. It's just, just flashback entirely show. unnecessary to create characters that even the filmmakers know we don't care about because we know they're going to die or we know that they obviously don't play a role in any of the next movies. This was the only Star Wars movie in my life where I walked out of it and couldn't remember any characters' names right after I viewing it. I still have a well, I'm and that, better, but so this was this was me seeing you know cracks in the veneer finally. And this is you know it was my worst fears realized about Disney taking over Star Wars uh, that they would start making BS that I didn't wasn't interested in because I love Star Wars so much. And this was just not that I tried watching this a second time to go back and rewatch these movies. I made it probably 20 minutes and realized I don't care what happens. I already know that none of this matters because the next movie is New Hope. And I fast-forwarded to the Darth Vader scenes, which I thought were kind of embarrassing, him doing the stupid puns. I hope you don't choke on your aspirations. And then I fast-forwarded to the very end where everything blew up, and I was like, okay, great, it's over. And um, I I will say in terms of uh, canon and exploring the universe, that was probably the only good thing, in my opinion, that came out of this was getting to see Darth Vader's castle. Because that's a big deal he in the comics and, and which is canon as well. The Emperor basically all any Sith person creates their own sort of fortress and he chose uh, Mustafar because that's where he was born and um, you know creates this giant cat. It's a great if you haven't read it, it's from the Charles Sewell Darth Vader one through twenty five if you if you're interested, it's on Marvel Unlimited. But um, but that part was cool. So I, I liked that. But then yeah, like when he even when he started talking, I was like, okay. But then I was like, I don't, I don't know. To me, I, I was almost done with James Earl Jones. I'm like, I can tell you're older, but that doesn't make sense because the character is younger in the movie. Why couldn't they have had, um, I mean, honestly, they should have had in Revenge of the Sith, they should have had Anakin 
uh, Hayden Christensen do a voice modulation in it so that he could then do the voice modulation in this movie. Because you would think maybe by the time that uh, New Hope comes around, which is like, what, 30 30 years after uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, or what, no, 30 years after Revenge of the Sith, um, maybe his modulator would get a little older and it would make sense that his voice would be deeper. But they really screwed the pooch on that one because it's like now anytime you ever want to have Darth Vader in a movie, you got to have James Earl Jones do the voice or the fans are going to lose their minds and be like, how dare you? So maybe they'll do a CGI um, James Earl Jones of uh, CGI of his voice so they can you know, pinpoint. They've probably, voice. honestly, Disney's probably got him locked in a in a chamber right now <laughs> they're scanning they his have, entire what beat. they have is like one of those dictionaries it's where like he, has to, he has to read yeah. so many words that they can just reproduce any given yeah. sentence like with his voice. Stepper-wise, he's probably right? getting a good amount of money but he's also probably not getting a lot of food water he probably sunlight. spoilers for rise of skywalker but i guarantee you he looks like the emperor attached to that machine <laughs> and he's just hanging <laughs> the glados there. device yeah exactly here's what i want to do before we leave rogue one i'm going to oh. read you three character names and you tell me who they are okay hold yeah without looking at anything yeah that sounds good to me uh, okay i'm not gonna look at chirut imway is that uh donnie yen's character correct okay that was a that was a half guest i sort of knew but Baze malbus <laughs> that i don't know that's the guy who was with donnie yen oh okay Baze. Um, great bodhi rook bodhi rook is that the pilot yeah what that I was guess, his name yeah i thought his name was the pilot right it doesn't matter because... okay that's three. Oh, my Great. favorite star wars character is baze malbus it's baze malbus i, Get out I of love baze malbus okay goodbye rook i you gave a number you said that you gave this a seven i, I, a I generously gave this a five out of ten on second viewing that's crazy. i feel like that's generous because this movie is just so abysmal to me that it just i if you want to talk about hope that movie gives me no hope yeah, I mean, it, I think I don't know. I don't remember me. if I was able to finish it, but essentially, movie could have even. I bet you'd have given it a six if the ending, the guy takes the plans to Leia, but she's staring off. You don't see her at all, and he says, "I've got them," and she says, "Got what?" And he says, "Hope," and then the movie ends, and then you know. I think the best her. ending would be somebody like picking up a USB drive or whatever, and he's looking at it, and he says, "What will we do with these plans?" And then looks right at the camera. <laughs> Then I would have enjoyed it. Really oh, well. that would be great. Okay, all right. But again, that should have been like a Pixar short or something that they played before a Star Wars. Right, you could have, yeah, because, that would have on. been before. They could have done a re-release. That would have been funny. A re-release what if it was animated, like Pixar animated short that of cool. them collecting the plans? You because have, then everyone would be CGI. You have not Wally, but Bernie, the other robot who got the, he got the short before Wally, I think. Oh, Give right. Bernie the role <laughs> of collecting the plans. That would be great. If you're going to mix Star Wars and Disney, you might as well have fun with it. Uh, okay, so what is your number 10? Uh, number 10 for me, next in line, would be uh, Attack of the Clones. Okay, my next in line is Solo, a Star Wars story. So um, how are we going to do this? Let's... Uh, we could just... I don't know. We could talk about... Well, why don't you share, you share your thoughts first, and then I'll share mine. Well, on which movie? On Attack of the Clones. Okay, so Attack of the Clones... Uh, I this movie again we're making a big jump from Rogue One which I gave a 5 this one I give an 8 out of 10 uh, I really enjoy this movie I just feel like it's the weakest of the prequel trilogy probably because of the focus on Anakin and Padme's romance it seems very hammy now uh, I was worried or I thought maybe oh I was a kid that's why I didn't like it because it's uh, you know sort of a rom-com but you know even watching it as an adult it's there's not a lot of uh, traction there 
But I have to give credit because the stuff with Camino is great. The yeah. uh, the battle in the arena is great. Uh, the battle of Geno's this is kind of it's not good, great. but they could have made this movie could because this is a long movie. This movie's like they're two, all, yeah, they're all this is one long. of the longer ones, and they could have shaved off a ton of the Anakin Padme relationship and um, increased the Geonosis fight at the end because. When you're playing Lego Star Wars and when you're watching the Clone Wars, like there's so much that happens. It's there. just kind of a messy fight. It is. It's just it's hard it's to droids follow. versus clones, so you're not really seeing anybody except like Mace Windu and, and Yoda kind of commanding people. But you've just got all the clones kind of running around saying, "Commander, Commander Yoda." I will say that Attack of the Clones has a really great opening. I love that all this stuff with what they're trying to protect Padme and you have this chase of Zamwissel through yep. Coruscant. That Very was badass. really fun. Um, yeah, it's, again, this is an 8 out of 10. It's a great movie to me. I really enjoy it, but it's my least favorite of the of the core films. The core nine, I guess. I, I would agree with that, actually. And so I'll, that's what we'll do is we'll just, we'll go through them as we go through them and then, and you know, say them and skip them next time. But I also, I also gave Attack of the Clones an 8. Uh, and that one is number it's number eight on my list so two above solo but um i love attack of the clones as well and having seen it recently because uh, like i said we actually rewatched all of these star wars movies in anticipation for rise of skywalker so we've all seen them within the last month and uh that relationship just doesn't sit right with me it uh obviously it's a means to an end but the fact that he is so creepy towards her and is constantly like hitting on her with her saying no please no and he still does it, and then she decides to marry him. Is like, just boggles the mind. But at the same time, I get it because you know George Lucas is trying to craft this story, and I guess that's part of it. It's you know, Game of Thrones or whatever. But uh, I, I second everything that you said. Uh, my favorite scenes in that movie. I love the. Um, the I stuff, love everything with Django fed on. Everything Camino. with Django was so Yoda good. being like, "Oh, Master Kenobi has lost his planet." Has lost a planet. Okay, so that's what I was gonna say. Now. Um, we're getting once we get into these movies we truly love. We've seen a lot of times we're going to be playing. We're going to be playing a big game. I talked to Stevie about this once, and uh, hopefully he remembers. But we're going to see how many, how many quotes? quotes that we can we can do for each of these movies. These would be these are your classic quotes. Often these show up in memes, but uh, just for, so you guys know our pure dedication to Star Wars. We want that way you guys can have a shout out too and. and Say them along with us if you know them. <laughs> if you can do, um, if you can, if you're force sensitive, you'll know which ones we're about to say. Exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like the cup ship speeder game, but you have to play it auditorially. Oh yeah, that, that game, a uh, cup. Cup ship. You know what's funny? He That's never, one of my favorite he, Phantom Menace lines. He, Jake Lloyd, in that movie, I feel like if worse comes to worse, they could have had beans played. <laughs> Anakin. No, because then it would make absolutely no sense that. Uh, Padme was like in love with well beans. she wasn't in love with him in Phantom Menace but she wouldn't want to hang out with beans yeah what are you guys doing uh okay so Attack of the Clones uh ready set go are you are you actually you know no okay, I'm okay, just I'm trying to think of how many lines yeah, obviously sure, the whole of, speech of I hate sand oh yeah I hate sand it's coarse. oh and that also comes with a part of I don't gets think everywhere. I don't think the system works <laughs> yeah all of Anakin's <laughs> musings on politics are hilarious uh yeah but that actually and that brings up a big I point. would for, I would force them to agree <laughs> I would force them to agree well that's not how democracy works well it should well, <laughs> it should. well the system's broken well, I think the system's broken uh that part's great that ooh lost a planet he has that's a great one that one was good i love uh, the obviously him killing the tuscan raiders 
Oh yeah, I slaughtered them. I slaughtered them all. They're like animals. I slaughtered them like animals. The Not women. just the men, but the women and the, the children. Women and, the ch- and then Padme's just like, it's gonna it's be like okay. It's fine, Anakin. It's fine, Anakin. Anakin. It's gonna be okay. You're not gonna go to the dark side. <laughs> right? Yeah, she's an enabler. She, I mean, from the, the point of her just accepting and loving him after all of his advances just shows you that she's an enabler. And That's maybe probably she's all ma- I have Maybe she was manipulated from Darth Sidious. The only other one I can think of is uh, when... Um, Count Dooku, the Count Dooku. Oh, you forgot about the Yoda Count Dooku fight. That's also the first time we get to see Yoda actually be a badass in Star Wars, and it's so cool. I remember the theater lit up. That might have been the first time I've ever cheered in a movie and seen people cheering in a movie. When he whips, was the when he whips out, that yeah. lightsaber out and starts to jump around. And it's funny, too, because I timed it. The fight's only like 30 seconds compared to what we get these days with like fan service of fights. Like That fight was so short, yet it was so sweet. Um, but yeah, Attack of the Clones was great, and don't let me forget because I wanted to talk about the whole government thing in regards to the the original trilogy and or the prequel trilogy. Why I think that makes it the best. But okay, so yeah, that's Attack of the Clones. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll do mine, which was uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. So I have that at number ten. That actually has increased for me. Those two movies have always been at the bottom of my list, but I recently flip flopped them after rewatching them. I actually really like Solo. I think it's a really fun movie. There's some, it's a, again, one of those movies where it's like, I didn't need this movie. Like, none of us needed a movie about Han Solo finding, like, finding out who he is. Part of his charm is that he has a checkered past sort of thing, kind of like Poe. But now we know all about him, so I guess, you know, Han Solo from the top. But uh, Well, Han Solo's a great character. He is, he So is, he if is. anyone deserves a backstory, I think he's, a, he's on the short list for sure. Uh, this movie comes in for me at number seven, so this is a few movies up from here. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I like Star Wars movies that are fun. That's why I That's didn't true. like Rogue One. That's why I felt like Episode Two, Attack of the Clones, was slowed down a bit by the romance stuff. Uh, Solo is a super fun movie. I loved. I think Alden Ehrenreich did a fantastic job as Han Solo, even though everyone's like, Wait, "Oh, his, he doesn't look his, like him" or whatever. His last name is Ehrenreich. Uh huh. I've always said Emmerich. No, it's uh, Aaron Reich for Alden sure. Alden Emmerich. That's not it. <laughs> no? No. Okay, well, all right. But he does a great job. Obviously, Donald Glover is fantastic as Donald Lando. Donald kills You can't it. deny that. Okay, do you remember any of Han You get Han a Darth clothes? Maul cameo. How are yeah, you, gonna... you have a Darth Maul cameo in that movie. Chewbacca. You get the origin of him and Chewbacca, Chewbacca. becoming friends. That's right. I just... This movie is a great time. It's one of the few where the droid... You know... I thought the droid in Rogue One was really annoying, but I thought the droid was really funny in Solo. This is uh, me looking at Letterboxd. Oh, Letterboxd. Okay, okay, nice, nice. But I, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Solo. It's up there for me. This is, would be a nine. Most of them are nines for me. There's a there's a couple lines this time around that I noted that I was laughing. Not laughing, but like, you know that laugh you get when you... It's such a cool thing that you can't contain it and you just laugh. And, and so there's a couple of lines of Solos that were so good that was like... There's the one where he's talking to um, uh, Paul Bettany's character when they're all, you know, trying to figure out what the plan is after they screwed up, and he's like, he's like, sounds like uh, you need a really fast ship and a really good pilot, and he's like, yeah, well, where are those? And he goes, well, you already got the. Sh-. He goes, all he needs is the ship, and like points at himself. So he does it in yeah. such a way that was like so. Good. He's got a lot of charisma. He really There's a lot of that. charisma, and and. Uh, Oh God, that Darth Maul bit. I really like. Even if the Solo two, if they make a second one or whatever, if it's just about Darth Maul, I'll be okay. That part is crazy. Also, is kind of the whole that movie shows another thing too of like the Force working in mysterious ways, where it's like she he ends up finding the girl that he's looking for, 
but yeah. she's working for the people that he's working for. Right. So like he ended by no way of his own, he ended up on the same path as her again without lack of trying because he'd been searching for her for so long. But yeah, that that was good. But there's some. I mean, I don't know. The I personally, the whole someone was talking about this. The the whole you know, what's your name? Yeah, that that part's kind of weird. Okay, Han Solo. But they were saying that that's a little bit of a teaser in a sense to uh, Rise of Skywalker, of them being like, "What's your name?" and her being like, "Ray Skywalker." Cause, well, why didn't she say Ray Solo? <laughs> right, right. Well, but so what he was yeah, saying, what, what they were saying, and I think this was in the um, the Saga Continues podcast. That way, you know, give him a shout out, but. Um, it was that, you know, everyone's getting upset about that Ray. And if you guys haven't seen it, you should try and find this just for the comedy of it. If, if you don't want to be mad about Star Wars, don't watch it. But someone took a video of, uh, that reveal at the end of her saying Ray Skywalker and in their theater. So a bunch of people were like, no, 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 no. And they're like, <laughs> and she, they're like, what's your name? And they're like, Ray, nobody. It's Ray, nobody. Don't. And, and then she goes, why Ray Skywalker. And they're like, no, like, why would you be mad? Because they wanted, they wanted it to be that anyone can be a Jedi. But she, it, she doesn't matter. I know, and that's that's the whole point of this. Is did is you like, forget the prequels where there's like hundreds of Jedi? Exactly, and so that's what they were showing. Species. Was it was like okay, but that's the exact same thing as Han Solo. So in in regards to that, that means that Kylo Ren is the exact same as Rey. Rey Skywalker is still Rey nobody, and Ben Solo is also Ben nobody because both, Solo is both not products a... of Palpatine. But you're not ready for that conversation. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. So, and that's you guys are going to be in for a treat when we get to Rise of Skywalker because we have some very similar opinions on that. But yeah, so Solo, great movie. Uh, really enjoyed it that second time around. Okay, um, what's your number nine? Uh, next up for me would be at, kind of a tie between Last Jedi and Force Awakens. Interesting. Um, let's. I can kind of talk about those two in the same breath. Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, I really like the new trilogy. I love the characters they set up. Um, Ray, Poe, and Finn are all fantastic. That's what I loved that in Force Awakens, getting to meet these new characters. Uh, I think some of the strength in Force Awakens was, you know, just that. You know, we haven't seen a Star Wars with new characters in a long time. I mean, I don't even... It's like Phantom Menace, you barely had new characters with, like, Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. But, and Padme, I guess. But it's like Anakin. We know Anakin's already a character. Obi-Wan, no, Yoda. Obi-Wan, right, right, right. It's a, it's a fresh slate, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the idea of, you know, Black Stormtrooper is still really awesome. You know, also being a rogue Stormtrooper is really awesome. Uh, great lightsaber and fights. And Force-sensitive Stormtrooper. Exactly. Um... The anybody, things, anybody can be a Jedi. The things I didn't like about Force Awakens, I didn't like that um, Kylo Ren took off his mask so early. I agree. That made me upset because he was super badass and then he just looked like a pouty teenager. And again, his actions where you would just kind of cut things up in tantrums. I was like, come on, man. You're supposed to be a, a badass. But I guess that's part of the point is that he's flawed. I don't know. Well, and I think I saw something somewhere too, and I can't confirm the exact age, but it was like Kylo Ren's like 33, something like that. He and, struck me and, as a teenager. And uh, what's-her-face, Ray is like 20-something, well, young 20. I believe So they like got a 10-year age difference, but he's acting more of a baby than she is. I also didn't love the focus on Han Solo and Chewbacca, especially once he showed up, because it's like, hey, you guys remember these guys? Yeah, it kind of. I hope you do because like the they're gonna take up. Yeah, I hope you remember them because they're gonna take up a lot of screen time. Yeah. Um, also, I didn't like the whole "let's do the Death Star again." Oh yeah. And yeah. Dom Hall Gleason's really cheesy in that role, but you know, this was the first new Star Wars movie in a while, so I 
I enjoyed it. And what do you think of Snoke? The action stuff's cool. Snoke's fine. He wasn't. He didn't play that much of a role in Force Awakens, though. Yeah, but there were. You remember all the theories that were swirling around? Man, I I was like, I don't care. He's obviously not real. He's a CGI guy. So no, before even the movie came out, do you remember my big theory? <laughs> oh, that he was uh, Jar Jar. Jar yeah. Jar Binks, baby. That was my favorite theory. I hate that. Um. So yeah, I I and I I kind of would second that too. I I really liked Force Awakens, and then like I said, upon watching it a couple more times, I was like, wow, this is shot for shot a new hope but yeah the new characters introducing them is fantastic and all three of them had this fresh fresh look to them like finn was just so fun and um spunky i guess and then ray was super smart and i love her progression as a jedi throughout the three movies (laughs) and then poe as well is literally and i've said this before and i can't say it enough but i'm so sick and tired of every opening crawl and every person in the galaxy talking about how great the skywalkers are at piloting ships but we never get to see them pilot a ship you see luke skywalker riding doing his x-wing in episode anakin four. pilots in and, two okay, and three to be fair I, and my and biggest, one my biggest complaint was with luke luke was supposedly like oh you know i'm busting up womp rats and right. whatnot but we never get we to see, see him fly driving a speeder we just see him basically driving a speeder sitting in a cockpit of a speeder because the cgi wasn't there so the fact that we get to see Poe absolutely wreck shop in this movie when it comes to, I think it was towards the end when he's in the X-Wing, he's just doing those like stops in midair and flipping and blowing everybody up. And then Finn going, that's one hell of a pilot. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's like this. I loved their relationship. The camaraderie there was amazing. Oh, it was, it was, it was the best kind of brotherhood. It was awesome. And uh, so that part was cool. But yeah, I agree with the rest of that. It was a little questionable. But at the same time, the the film quality of that movie is so, like the it's whole high. the whole sequel trilogy is just it looks great so, looks beautiful looks gorgeous um so yeah and then last jedi last jedi uh i think i might like it a little more but it's it's again it's a balancing act with th- these two movies so last jedi i loved um the lightsaber duel at the end in snoke's chambers uh, that's super great yeah I also love the suicide maneuver that... The Holdo maneuver. Yeah, that was super cool. Did you notice they talked about that in Rise of Skywalker? They did, yeah. But um, I guess what I didn't like about this one... Oh, the other thing I really liked was the sort of mystical stuff going on on Luke's planet yeah. with Rey. That was cool. Yeah. But I didn't... I think this movie suffered from a similar problem that uh, I think Return of the Jedi had it, where... You know, you're kind of stuck in a couple settings for the bulk of the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this sort of stalemate in space that just—I mean, it's, it's the entire it's movie, the almost. whole movie. You have um, Rose and Poe going to that planet, or not? Not Poe. Rose and Finn going to that planet, right. and that's—you know—it's that, and then it's uh, you know Ray on Luke's planet, and that's those three settings compose almost 80, 85 percent yeah. of the movie, and it feels it. There's a loss of momentum there, but I think it's made up for it with, you know, some of the action set pieces that they do. Like I said, that lightsaber duel and the suicide maneuver, that stuff's really cool. And then that final bit on that planet's pretty cool. However, uh, this Star Wars features some of the worst humor of any Star Wars movies. I'll agree with that. I think Luke tossing the lightsaber over his shoulder was incredibly cheesy and stupid, but uh, him brushing dirt off his shoulder is the least funny and most annoying thing that's ever happened in any Star Wars movie. Stevie hates that. He he will bring that up any chance that he can get. It's so bad. You could cut that out and it, the whole scene would be 
drastically improved. Yeah, and the irony of it is he doesn't need to do that because he's a hologram. I, well, that's why they did it, because that to supposedly show, makes right. it funny, but, but it's no, not funny. But no, because at the end of the day, it's that's not showing how he survived that volley it's of like missiles. A, it's like, like a really um, anachronistic slang thing from our world that should not exist in Star Wars at all. Correct. And, and if you look closely, there's no dirt on his shoulder to begin with. Okay, <laughs> all right. You're feeding into the joke. That's the joke. Oh right. Well, that's regardless, why right. It's not funny to me. Let me ask it's you this: bad. What did you think of Rose? I didn't mind Rose. I had no problem with her. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess people, the trolls, the trolls of the world, hated Rose. I think the character was fine. I didn't. I thought the whole her kissing Finn was like really out of nowhere. Kind of shoehorned. That felt me. that felt unnecessary. But other than that, I think her character was fine. I think she did a great job when they were in space and when they went to that planet. I guess it was just, you know, her crashing into Finn and kissing him at the end. I was like, okay, this doesn't fit her character at all. But I guess that's what Ryan Johnson wants to do. That's I thought fine. she died. and I, I, was, I That's true, too. I thought because <laughs> she, goes, she goes like, it's love. And then she, like, passes out. And I thought that was her dead because you never see her the rest of the movie. But um, I, on, on first viewing of the film, I did not like her character, specifically because she ruined their chance of victory by stopping Finn's ship. I mean, she didn't, because they still made it out. But... Well, right, but it, I don't know why it just hung up on that so much. Like, I was like, he was so close, he would have stopped it. I thank her for saving Finn, though, because he's now, a great character. Exactly, and so now I actually like her character a lot, because she saved Finn. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute, I, I see. I guess I was just mad for the story's sake, but now I get it, because we get to see more Finn. So, and, I, and that, along with the whole thing with her sister, I thought was really cool. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was super cool. That was a great scene, too, the bombers trying to get the bombs yeah. off. Exactly. Um, but And yeah, so I, I loved Last Jedi as well. I loved it a lot. Everything that Stevie said, I completely agree with. That scene, the Holdo maneuver, not only was that a beautiful scene in theaters, but it was also a beautiful scene in 4K. I may have to show Stevie that after we're done recording because it it's just the sound. It's, it's, uh, it's probably the best scene in terms of like, CGI cinematography sort of you know good looking scene in all of Star Wars, um, seconded by the Emperor's lightning in this newest movie because that I'm just I'm big on sounds and sights and the fact that it was like you know she pulls they're like no turn around and she pulls the thing shoots forward and then it's like pitch black silence for like a minute almost and then you hear the and then like the the lightning cracks through every single like it's just absolutely beautiful and, and the emperor's lightning does that too so that that was just cool and i'm gonna i'm gonna walk back on my favorite scene ever it's just it's an amazing scene in star wars i don't want to get shoehorned in thinking that's my favorite but um yeah I, I i liked the direction of the movie i liked that it seemed like ryan johnson was trying to push the the movie into some unknown territory which i thought was great and got to get explored a little more in the final movie but i know there were a lot of people who said that they the final movie kind of erased a lot of the things ryan johnson did but i completely disagree we'll get to that when we start talking about and yeah i do think the uh the end of last jedi was really cool i loved that little kid with the broom yeah i thought that was awesome as well and as as stevie pointed out he's still out out there also everyone's acting like rise of skywalker opened with the beheading of the broom boy he's still out there everyone's still out there exactly play fall in order there's a list there's somewhere there's a master list of force sensitive children yeah exactly 
But um, so yeah, Last Jedi was great, and I actually liked it better this most recent time watching it. So I, I'm I'm a Last Jedi lover. Though I think we've forgotten to talk about probably the biggest, my biggest pet peeve in this movie, which is General Leia Organa. Oh right, she wrong was Skywalker the exact died. opposite. Yeah, exactly. Wrong Skywalker died. So. They had an opportunity, and I, I don't know how they didn't see the writing on the wall in this one. Carrie Fisher passes away, and f- for us, we, we were kind of convinced she passed away because they CGI'd her before she died. We had a and big, Rogue One, it was we a, had a curse. big uh, running curse on that one. That's our bet. But um, so at that point, it's like, okay, no more Carrie Fisher. Why wouldn't you kill her off in the very next movie that she's in when she gets shot out into space and she's sitting there? in space floating that scene is so powerful and the only thing that ruins that scene is when her hand starts tingling and then her eyes open and then she floats back into the ship i get it i get it she has force powers great fantastic we never got to see those force powers so there's no earned buildup for it but what they could have done if i'm thinking right is she goes out there she's floating twinkling like a diamond in there and then she turns into a force ghost and and that's it she disappears into dust that would have been beautiful get a shot of all the people on the ship crying get a shot of ray and luke on the planet going oh Leia," because they both feel her dying and then boom you're good you're great but no they didn't do that so that uh that's that um okay and, and yeah so those are further up on my list here but we're just we're actually we're gonna go um we're gonna go off of stevie's list and keep going on yours Ooh, guest rules guest rules is right and then i'll just share with you guys what my list is um, i think my next one end. would be your next one anyway that's uh, uh, return of the jedi correct okay so yeah so i had rogue one star wars Star rogue one solo and then star wars return of the jedi is my number nine also at an eight um yeah go ahead I really like Return of the Jedi. Uh, obviously, I like all these movies. Yeah. Um, the stuff on Tatooine with Jabba's palace is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke's finally got the green lightsaber, which is the iconic Luke look. Yep. I think that that's awesome. Uh, I think the Battle of Endor stuff is a little bit long. It, it runs a little long. It, like I said, it's a lot a, like The Last Jedi. It's where the same as A New Hope. That's true too. Yeah, we gotta get this done. The whole stuff with the Emperor and Darth Vader—that showdown with Luke—is great. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm I'm talking about this movie like it's negative. I love these movies. I know. Um, yeah. I, yeah, we have I don't to know keep to prefacing that, guys. None of the we don't. I the think besides Stevie's feelings on Rogue One, we I would like I wouldn't take a bullet for any of these movies, but. I would take a, a um, force push for any of those movies, <laughs> all right? I would take a force push into a soft couch. I'd, I'd take a lightsaber to the gut, provided that Ray is there on hand to, to heal, heal me up. Yeah, along with any of the other scars on my body. So, sure. yeah, I love Return of the Jedi as well for those same things. I think there's a piece of that movie that this last time when I watched it, it just, I kept feeling like, in my head, I just kept feeling, this is lazy. But it wasn't, it, it's still, it's like that lazy cousin that you have, like, you still love them to death, but it's like they're lazy. Like this movie, like I, I, everyone come, gives the Force Awakens crap, very well earned, but no one talks about the Return of the Jedi. Like they do the exact same thing in that movie. Like, hey, right. what if we just do another? It's another Death Star, and hey, then they have to. One. Oh, there's a big battle at the end where they all have to blow it up. Except this time, Lando, you know, shows up to save the day. But it's those little moments in that movie that make it special, like Jabba's palace, 
Give him you gotta C. love the Ewoks. The Ewoks, Ignite, Ignite, and uh, a C three PO is yeah. C three PO is a great role is with a the great Ewoks one. too. And everything with that that whole C three PO with him and Han is great. Just well, then tell them right. that, and he's like, oh, I don't know if I want to say. And uh, then and the get, ending, the ending is right, fantastic. You get, to find you get out, the Force ghosts of everybody. Yep, and I, for the record, like having Hayden Christensen as the Force ghost. Same makes more sense because uh, Darth Vader would not be a Force ghost; he'd be a Sith ghost. I almost feel like they should have gone back and had Ewan McGregor do the. They should have. They should have. Hey, <laughs> but I'm no, let's stop. The... Let's stop tinkering with these movies. Yeah, well, that's not the George Lucas way. Um. So yeah, no, and that's yeah. Return of the Jedi. Okay, and so then I now we're coming up on the the sequel trilogy. So yeah, our Return of the Jedi. And then Attack of the Clones for me is number eight. And then The Force Awakens is number seven for me. And now we're getting into the nine territory. And this is where things are going to start getting dicey. So um, where are you at? Okay, you've got... I did six with Return of the Jedi. Okay. Uh, oh, right. And you got your last Jedi. So here's here's what we can do since we've now... We're going to... Oh, man, this is just so tough. Okay, yeah, it's, it's Guest's House. So go ahead. we got five movies left to talk about. Let's do um, it. So for me, number five is... Uh, Revenge of the Sith. Nice. I uh, love Revenge of the Sith. It's a very strong. This is one of the probably the most the most loved of the prequels universally because it sets up Darth Vader so well. It really does. Um, great, great lightsaber battles. This is where the um, fun begins. Is that that movie? Yeah, we've been missing. Well, and again, we were saying kind of doing the quotes just for the prequels because I I know them mostly for the prequels, but right, that's one of the best ones. This is where the fun begins. And Obviously, then, there's the whole Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Anakin, you're breaking my heart. I hate you. You put him up to this. What's he doing here, uh, Yoda? I that scene is so. For my funny. view, the Republic is evil. For my view, the Republic is evil. Well, then you are lost. And he's just she's like he's like basically like who's that. And she's like, who? And she turns around, and Obi-Wan is standing hands on his hips on the opening of the <laughs> ship, like not even hiding. He's just like, what's up? Uh, but but that whole, that's, it's the first time, I think, and, and I would almost say, the trying to think of the Execute other movies. Execute Order 66. Execute Order 66 is, there's a lot of heartbreak in that movie. There's oh, yeah. so much heartbreak, yet the movie is still so good. I was saying, though, that like I, I almost think that the Anakin Obi-Wan fight is more power it, it to me is more powerful than the Luke um, Darth Vader fight just because I think that they truly loved each other Obi Wan and Anakin they yeah. were best friends they were like brothers and so to see them have like a thirty minute lightsaber fight which is something you don't get in any of the other movies just constantly whip whapping I've got the high ground uh, flipping around doing all this stuff was so good but then yeah you got everything with the Emperor you get the best line those are the best quotes. Have you ever heard of the tragedy <laughs> of Darth Pelagius the Wise? Right. Uh, it's a it's a pathway to some abil- abilities that some might consider unnatural, and uh, that's where uh, he reveals that he subtly reveals that he created Anakin uh, by saying that he uh, Darth Pelagius. He doesn't say that it was he, he is the um, pupil of Pelagius, but it is heavily implied and then confirmed, obviously through other means, but. He basically says that you know they taught him how to manipulate midichlorians to create life, and there's uh, the the final issue of Charles Sewell's Darth Vader run. Vader's get gets these flashbacks of through some force thing or whatever, kind of showing his creation, and a, there's a thing in there where Darth Sidious is manipulating the midichlorians and Shmi, and uh, that's kind of how he was born. Now I just recently saw Charles Sewell himself putting on Twitter that. You know, it's the dark side. You can't trust everything that you see, but it's heavily, heavily implied that he created Anakin. And in that sense, then he, as we said, he created Anakin and he created Rey. I, 
and right, we'll get to Rise of Skywalker, but this movie that's good. This this movie has probably the best opening thing of any movie where it's the the big space battle where they oh, yeah. go to great stuff there, great stuff for R2. He beats the crap out of a ton of droids. Uh, and then we get the classic It uh, opens with the beheading of Count Dooku. The beheading of Count Dooku. That's, that's, a great that's right. Scene oh, too. thank you, my boy. <laughs> it's like uh what do it and it's like yes do right, it and fine. he's like okay and just slice slices his head clean off uh yeah so that just oh man because and that's oh, we're getting all the rest this of one's set up for me what i've always thought which is that qui-gon jinn is actually the most powerful jedi i guess technically ray ray probably might edge out qui-gon but i i actually i don't think so because qui-gon jinn taught all the others how to come back from the dead Correct. Yep. He's the guy who figured out how to do the whole Force Ghost thing, he and is. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, you're just talking about the the thing at the end with Yoda. Yeah, where he's like, yeah, we yeah, got yeah. a transmission like, oh. from your old master. Yeah. So basically, Qui Gon Jinn taught um, Obi Wan, and then Qui Gon and Qui Gon probably they all Yoda. had some sort of. But then the question becomes, why did Anakin become a Force Ghost? Same same thing. I think once they're dead, Qui Gon, there's probably some purgatory where Qui Gon shows up and is like, "Hmm, welcome." He's at the pearly gates. He's Saint Paul. He's, He's like, "Got to tut. Don't go anywhere. Uh, I, like, I got I got one more thing to teach you." And uh, yeah, so no, that was great. The whole that's one of the few times I think in a prequel movie, especially like when you look at Rogue One, that sort of thing, where I thought everything in Revenge of the Sith was like, "Oh yes, that makes so much sense." Of like. The, you know, Padme right. has the kids, and then she immediately dies, and then they they move. Like everything is set up for a New Hope perfectly. You didn't need Rogue One. You just this this is a perfect lead in to that movie. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's great. Oh, how about the then you get the Darth Sidious Yoda fight, which was uh, fantastic. You got the Mace Windu, the Mace Windu one. The Senate will decide your fate. I am the Senate, and then you get unlimited power. It's really great to watch this too because you know the the tension between Mace Windu and Anakin that kind of sets up that yeah. scene. Part of you is, I mean, you're really torn because you like you completely understand like Mace Windu is 100 percent right every time he tells Anakin like, no, you're too invested in this, you need to not come with. Yeah. But you also understand why Anakin keeps hearing that, and he's like, why does why do the Jedi hate me? Why won't they make me a master? Right. And there's it's that, like, dude, you're a hothead. It's it sucks too because the Emperor keeps manipulating him in that movie of like. They don't trust you. They're going to probably ask you to spy on right, me. Right, so it keeps like, feeding into that. It feeds into that. And then he has his famous line, which is, if the things you've told me have turned out to be true, you will earn my trust. That's right. And then Anakin and like, shows up and ruins At that point, I'd be like, sweet, man. Mace Windu and I are on good terms. Right, again, sweet. Like, I'll, I'll, sit, I'll sit this one out because, no doubt... I mean, there's a couple like Kit Fisto. He immediately dies, but Mace Windu was seems like Windu, he was poised to just kill the Emperor right there. He was right poised there. and ready, exactly. Except Anakin. Anakin didn't even do anything, though, right? He then yeah, he just did. starts force lightning in him. No, Anakin like hits him. Great. I think That's he fine. hits him. That's fine. Keep going. I just spilled water all over my desk. This is a comics and cinema first. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, uh, we're gonna. Stevie's gonna keep talking about that. I'm gonna run and grab a towel real quick, and then we'll be fine. So, you sure? We could we could take that, a pause or. Okay, that's fine, guys. We're gonna pause after. Uh, we'll be back after a couple of brief messages. 
This is the host of Comics and Cinema, Alex Klein. Have you ever wanted to enjoy a Star Wars movie so bad but couldn't because of preconceived notions and expectations? Well, try taking a couple breaths before the movie and realizing that <laughs> expectations don't matter. Let all that go and enjoy the movie for what it is. This has been a PSA from Alex and Comics and Cinema. And we're back, guys. Thank you so much. For you, that may have been just a few seconds, but for me, it was a whole lifetime. I've never spilt so much water on my desk before. This whole place looks like the... Uh, uh, like Dagobah, basically. There's snakes crawling around, creepy creatures, very moist, yes. But uh, but where are we? We're back and better than ever. We were talking about Mace Windu, and I think you just confirmed Anakin. So I think what it was was Sidious is like, help me, Anakin, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. And then he, and he electrocutes Mace Windu, and then Anakin cuts off Mace Windu's hand, and he's like, or maybe it's the other way around. Cuts off his hand, and then... Unlimited power! Yeah, because remember he's holding the electricity at bay with his lightsaber. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Rights. He's getting fried by his own Oh, uh, that's right. That's why he's getting really old and craggly. And then Anakin cuts his arm off and, like, throws him off. And then he hits him with the uh, max energy and shoots him out the window. Yeah, that was just, that's just such a, that, that whole thing is, because then he goes over, he's like, all right, you're Darth Vader. And, and he, it's funny too, because <laughs> you, you, you believe it, because Anakin's like, what do you need, my master? And you're like, you're like, you were just a Jedi, but at the same time, when you look back through everything he went through, not just in this movie, which is a lot, but, because uh, you think about it, in this movie, he's literally beheaded somebody. He is having to keep his marriage a secret. He is in constant worry and anxiety that his wife is going to die in childbirth because he saw the vision of her doing so, which no doubt 100% was probably put into his mind by Darth Sidious. Um, there's a lot going on. So for him to just flip to the dark side like that made sense. And it wasn't just a flip. This has been going on since, uh, you could say, since he was in the womb. The last thing I'd want to say about this movie is I, I feel like it doesn't quite make sense that... You know, at the end of the movie, when Anakin finds out, oh, uh, by the way, Padme did die. <laughs> he gets no, really upset and crushes I felt everything. Her. Why wouldn't you just? No. Why wouldn't you just kill the Emperor right there? I would be so pissed off that this guy ruined right? my life. You promised. Flip me you to the made dark a side, promise. and it's like, oh, the one reason I was going to stay with you is not happening. You actually fell through on that. I'm going to kill you right now. I would do that. I would have too, hundred percent. And I would have been like, I need to be held, right. and then. Psh- shoot kind of like uh, ben solo does but of course then that would prevent there being a sequel trilogy sure. because we all know who's behind the sequel trilogy now after watching rise of skywalker but yeah so revenge of the sith is um and that's my number four so that's right there in the top five we're, but yeah, we're close we're close so next now, one for you and well yours this is your number six and for my me, number this six is number four uh, empire strikes back empire strikes back you gotta love, you gotta love Hoth. You gotta love all the stuff on Dagobah is probably the best part of this movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Luke's training, you know, the visions of Darth Vader as himself, uh, kind of setting up, and then of course you find out the classic Luke, I'm your father. You got all the Cloud City stuff, which is great. Uh, actually, I think a really good lightsaber showdown, the one that uh, Luke and uh, I was gonna say Anakin, but it's Darth Vader, the one that they have on. Bespin as well, but uh, he doesn't quite have the green lightsaber, which would have made it a little better. Just a bit. But, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this is seems to be regarded as the best by a lot of people. A lot of people And I can see that. why. Um, it's not my favorite, uh, but it's it's fantastic. It's It really is, and it's funny, too, 
for those of you who have heard or you know heard mumblings that Ryan Johnson ruined the sequel trilogy by introducing this idea that uh, anyone can be a Jedi, you know, come from nowhere, come from you know dirty sand planet. I hate sand. Well, it's funny because you should also... They were nobody. They, a couple of junkers. A couple of junkers, right. Exactly. Well, guess what? Scavengers. Luke Skywalker's parents, they're dead. His dad's gone. His dad's a... He was a pilot in the Clone Wars, and he's living with his aunt on a sand planet. Well, what what happens? George Lucas says, no, 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 you're not a nobody. You're, you're a Skywalker. You are a part of a Jedi bloodline. So... George Lucas did it first. He he specifically went back on his original plan. I don't even know if that was his original plan, but it's the same thing. There's you got a movie where the main character is a nobody from a sand planet, and finds out that you know he's he's part of something bigger, and then they kind of did the re- the reverse of that in um in Last Jedi, and saying that you know they're a nobody. But the bloodline stuff has nothing to do with him being a Jedi. It just has something to do with him being an unnaturally powerful Jedi. Because exactly. Obviously, you got old Ben Kenobi right there. He's also a Jedi, and he's also super powerful, but he's not quite Skywalker powerful. That's not like... It's not to say that only Skywalkers are powerful um, That's Jedi. false, because Obi-Wan actually beat Anakin fair and square. Right. And, well, that was because he had the high ground. That was well, the technicality. Right. Yeah, right, I guess. <laughs> but the point is, you know, it's not like Skywalkers are the only Jedi in the world. Clearly, no, you have... Palpatine. You got old Ben. You got, you got Palpatine. You got Qui Gon Jinn, you got Plo Koon, you got Kiati Mundi, you got Kit Fisto, Kit Fisto, Leia Sakura, you got what's uh, it's like Addy Galia or something. Um, she's got like the tentacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. You got the guy with the super long neck. I forgot his name. Uh oh, hold on, guys. We have a visual dictionary. Alex is gonna grab. You got not just Yoda but Yaddle as well. Yeah. Did you know Yaddle's a female? Yeah. Okay. All right. She's Here looking we go. foxy. We've got Yarl Poof. Poof Sa- Sassy Tim. I like Sassy, Sassy Tim. Tim Kiati Mundi. Uh, Even Peel. Eeth Koth. Opo Rancis. Deepa Below. Beloba. Eddie Galea. Eddie Galea. Plo Koon. Always Yaddle. a big fan of Plo Koon and Kiati Mundi. I just want you guys to know a little bit about Yaddle, too. Young at only 477, Jedi Master Yaddle looks up to Yoda while leading the council with compassion and patience. She silently waits in discussion before offering her single, powerful, soft-spoken comment. So uh, there are tons of Jedi. And of course, Qui-Gon Jinn, the most powerful Jedi of all. Yeah, so. That's right. He's the. And then you've got other Jedi. Technically, you've got Darth Maul. You've got uh, Darth Vader. Well, Darth Vader, but uh, who else? Uh, Count Dooku. He was a Jedi at one point. All the people in, in Clone Wars, you got Rebels. Cal Kestis in uh, Fallen Order. Cal Kestis. There you go. And who's the person? What's, uh, what's his uh, trainer's name? The chick on the ship. Yeah, Val, Val or Vera or something like that. I don't remember. But there are a lot you of Jedi. His masters. What a, I forgot his master's name, but that guy's great, Oh, too. how about all of the old Republic characters? There's just there's thousands of Jedi. I if think you they mentioned that. If you think Star Wars is just Skywalker Jedi, you are uneducated. Go <laughs> Exactly. Explore the It universe. just so happens that this saga is about the Skywalkers, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's going to be more movies in the future, and now they're going to get to explore other people besides the skywalkers except i wouldn't mind if they was kept i think ray ray taking the skywalker name is really a reflection of us as fanboys where she's like oh i'm such a fan of skywalkers i'm gonna become one exactly she should have gone by ray charles i think <laughs> she should have gone by ray uh, or ray liotta would have ray liotta yeah you could uh, ray roberts because it's sort of like ray yoda ray yoda she went ray liotta that's right and she's got a yellow lightsaber Love that. That's a great. That was great. Man, oh man. Well, we're getting there, guys. Just like we're Plo get- Koon. Just right. We're getting there. So uh, that was what. That was yeah. Number six. Yeah, I like. I like Empire Strikes Back a lot. That movie actually scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. 
um, a lot. And uh, so Shock I have... Shock T. You forgot Shock, Shock T. That's right. Great Jedi. And uh, yeah, we're just flipping through this visual dictionary. This is going to get us pumped up. Who's the Kit Fisto? Kit Fisto, Agent Cola. I don't a- know Agent Cola. Okay, great. Um, he looks Windu. like he's from Dathomir. Mace Windu's Mace, Mace Windu. Windu that's right. Powerful. Incredibly, one of the most powerful Jedi. Great Luminara general. Luminara Unduli. Oh, Elias, Elias Secura. Barris Afi. Come Ooh, on, right. Come on guys. Let's go. There's too many. Okay. We got a Jedi overload. Um, but yeah, so I, I really liked Empire, and I liked it. I've actually liked Empire more every single time that I've watched it. Each time, like, I like it a little more, but it's still just... That's why it's not at the highest. It's not one of my favorites, but I still I love it a lot. And it, there's a lot of great moments in there, especially like Stevie said on Dagobah and uh, the Hoth battle is really cool. The um, yeah, I, that is such a stinker on Dagobah. I, I thought these Yoda things Yoda. stunk on the outside. On the outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's the great uh, Family Guy spoof there. Okay, uh, my number five is Last Jedi. Uh, my number four. Is we have re- the same three top three. We have the same so. top we, three. Yeah, my number four is Revenge of the Sith. And now, interestingly enough, oh yeah, so Stevie and I have the exact same three for our top three. But They're in just in a orders. different order. But all three of these next ones are tens for me. Same. Same for Stevie. So if you guys can guess these next three, and we'll just say them and we'll, t- we'll, t- we'll talk about them in order. But the last three that we've got are, for me, number three. Star Wars, A New Hope. Stevie? The, my number three is Rise of Skywalker. All right. My number two is Rise of Skywalker. My number two is Phantom Menace. And my number one is Phantom Menace. And my number one, of course, is the classic, the all-time, the beginning of it all, New Hope. Okay. So let's talk about all, so let's talk about all three. These are clearly our three favorite movies. What's so special about these movies? So let's start with we'll start with the original trilogy and start with that. So this will be kind of a discussion so on Hope. a New Hope and the original trilogy as a whole. Thoughts okay. on that? So, so go ahead. New Hope, Un- unbeatable Star Wars movie because I just imagine 1977. Oh, I know. You know, you're just walking in the theater. Oh, there's this movie out called Star War. I'm gonna go see. There's that. a war in the stars. Yeah, and it's just I mean it. Even if it weren't to set up all these other movies. It's such such a fun, adventurous sci-fi film. And, man, the John Williams score, that's the first appearance of that. It's incredible. It's, and it's it's almost better. I would argue it's best in that movie. It's used to the best effect, especially with all the different, you know, themes that he uses in Tatooine in particular. All the, well, that too, but like, the, like all, this, all the other music that plays on Tatooine. Oh, yeah. The sort of sad songs when Luke finds out that his family is absolutely roasted they got completely roasted um, that was the worst roast i personally think some of my favorite quotes come from this movie because well, obviously you got things like they'll soon be back and in greater and in numbers. Greater numbers this whole stuff about obi-wan kenobi i wonder if she means old ben old ben kenobi you got oh but i was gonna go to the tashi station to pick up some power converters <laughs> that's maybe oh, it's just like maybe one of my womp rats in beggar's canyon right and then you've got stuff like uh, i can't shake them how about it's stay amazing. on target? Stay on target. It's amazing. I'm guessing. Utini. <laughs> the Utini rears its first head there. Uh, man, it's funny to go back and watch this and realize that it only takes place in a couple places as well. Right? I mean, it starts on Tatooine. Uh, they meet up with Han Solo. They take off from Tatooine. Where else do they even go? That's it? Well, no. Okay, yeah. So they go to they go to Yavin. At some point, because the whole the Battle of Yavin is this. Right. So they go to be- so they're they're on Tatooine. They fly off world to um, the trade sh- the ship to the destroyer. 
And then they escape the destroyer and Lightspeed to and they meet Yavin up with everybody in Yavin, prepare for battle in Yavin. All the bad guys show up in Yavin, and then they go fight the battle, and then they have their award ceremony. Yeah, they go, but they go fight the other thing. And so then, there really aren't a lot of yeah. planets explored in that movie. But it's it's such a good uh, it's such a good setup for everything, and it's very well paced, uh, super engaging, and everything's so fresh. Like you have to, there has to be credit given. To the idea of, you know, lightsabers. I mean, how weird is it that, you know, this movie's it's the past, but it's also the future. You've got people with laser guns, but also people who are sword fighting, which doesn't make any sense. But they're blocking laser bolts with swords. And I, I think that's super cool. I just, I can't get enough of New Hope. I love all these characters. There's a sense of uh, wonder about that movie in the, in the exact same way that you said it. Like, And I really noticed that on this most recent viewing was I was just sitting there watching it like, wow. Like this movie, to have come out when it came out, it was – and we, weren't you just we talking about that in terms of box office? Wasn't it like – it wasn't even a million dollars, right? It no, it made an insane amount of money. But, no, but no, I'm saying budget. Oh, budget, yeah. It wasn't that big. It was like under a million dollars for its budget. But the special effects the are special really good for the time. Are great. And like I said, I, I, you know, and, and again, I give it crap where it's like we don't see Luke Skywalker be a great pilot. That's because there's no CGI for that sort of thing. But what they did with what they had was just – it's outstanding and incredible. The, the, the scene of Luke Skywalker standing in Tatooine with the twin sons in the background – it doesn't even look like CGI. It just looks like, oh, okay, he's on Tatooine. And then the, I mean, when, when old Ben is walking and pretending to be a Jawa, oh, that yeah. certainly doesn't hold up. But when you're watching but it, it's like, effects but the insane. sound effects are like, Whoa! he like does that. <laughs> and then they all scatter. And you got the Tusken Raiders. The Tusken Raiders. And that was great. The, just, I mean, you, you could tell it was a labor of love in every single scene. There was, it just, the world truly felt lived in, where, you know, you go inside Luke Skywalker's house and his uncle's pouring some weird thing from like a, a, for their breakfast. And it's like, well, what are they eating? What is that? And then they're in the bar on Tatooine and there's just random weird aliens having conversations at tables that you're like, with like half drank and drinks. And you're like, what have they been talking about? It's, you got the Because it's the first, it's the only Star Wars movie where there's no expectation whatsoever. Exactly. And there's no rules. And that's what makes it feel so alive. Because there's all this little stuff that George Lucas had no need to explain. No need to connect to anything. It's just, you know, little things here and there. And it's everything's pure imagination at that point. And that's why it's so special. Despite maybe some of the other things you... you oh, that's another thing I wanted to bring up. So, um, if... I don't. I imagine some people listening are aware of this sort of uh, the mythology behind Dune. Um, Dune, of course, is you know it's an old sci-fi novel that was eventually adapted into a movie by David Lynch. That's pretty bizarre and not very good. But it was originally going to be adapted by this uh, Mexican director named Alejandro Jodorowsky, and you know he had this insane vision. He's a very um, abstract artistic director, and he composed this insane this insane screenplay that was like hardbound like so many elaborate paintings and pictures he had you know geiger he had all these different people involved with the project he had you know pink floyd was going to be on the soundtrack he, i mean the level of um detail that had gone into just planning this movie was nuts and then he sent his screenplay around to all these studios to be like hey let's make this movie dune and they were all like no this is too it's too ambitious I think he originally said, you know, if he had his way, he would have made it like 10 hours long or something. 
But uh, something. so it didn't get made except as David Lynch. And I don't even know if Jodorowsky went and saw the Lynch version. But um, as a result, I think of him passing around that screenplay, bits and pieces of Dune showed up in sci-fi for the next you know, 10, 15 years and continue to. And it's really funny because the way that ties into the story of Dune, which is that you have this character, Paul, who supposedly gets killed at the end, but everybody's eyes kind of light up like his, and they all say, we are Paul or something. It's kind of symbolic of what happened to Dune and to Jodorowsky's vision in terms of it you know, being uh, resurrected through all these other films. If you have time, uh, there's a great documentary. That's where I'm taking most of this knowledge from. It's called Jodorowsky's Dune. Uh, really, really worth a watch. Especially if you're into sci-fi. What does that have to do with A New Hope? What you asked. You were you were yeah. talking about the stuff in New Hope being imaginative. A lot of this stuff is kind of pulled from and seems like Dune. Especially, I was pointing this out, that no, Luke's... I, I, that was, I was doing a springboard for you because you hadn't explained the ties to it. Okay, yet. well, alright. So here here's me trying to explain some of the ties to it. Um, a lot of it's just the imagery that appears in Dune that, you know, comes back... Um, but another thing I think is interesting is when you look at the Dune and the way that movie was set up, you had all these characters with ridiculous names, and then the lead character was this young guy named Paul. And here in, in uh, Star Wars, you got all these crazy right. people. You got Obi-Wan, you got Darth Vader, blah, 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 and then Luke. <laughs> right, right. So I think that that alone is, um, to me, it seems like an influence of Dune. But also, I think like C-3PO's model looks like some of the characters in Dune. Uh, there's all this stuff. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, probably, I don't want probably, to explain probably. it. I'd rather, you know, if you're listening to this, go out and watch that documentary, and I think it'll color your understanding of Star Wars. And I think too, um, there's. I know for a fact because uh, he's said it multiple times that um, Lucas was heavily influenced as well by a lot of the Kurosawa stuff. The, right, Hidden Fortress is hidden, yep. compared to this a lot too. Exactly. And if you watch those, and you you definitely should. They're all really great. But there, there are a lot of sort of. Um, similar star wars things like the the guy who's going off on a journey and he has there's one one's the one where he's got like two little helpers like the two droids that would be hidden fortress Fortress? yeah okay um and then there's a couple of others too but besides that the the reason we're bringing that up in the first place was it was like this is such an original concept like star wars was such an original concept and that that movie really showed that just for its time and I, i mean it got nominated for an oscar it was i think it won I don't know. It probably won something. I know for special effects. I I could have sworn it. It it had a nomination for best picture though. But um, let me see. Tell you here. Oh yeah, no. um, We're both wrong. It won six Oscars. So it won um, special achievement award for sound uh, sound effects. Is that a thing? Um, Oscar winner for best art direction. Oscar winner for best costume design. Best sound. Best film editing and best visual effects. And best music, right. and then it was nominated as well for best picture, best actor for Alec Guinness, and uh, best director and best uh, screenplay. So that to me, I think that was a time where again Hollywood rewarded this movie for being as creative as it was, and, and unfortunately, and we are, do not have time for this on today's podcast, Stevie. But um, you know, we don't get the. The Academy doesn't really award. <laughs> Let me finish. I should have known where this The Academy doesn't really, but it's true. The Academy doesn't really award sci-fi movies 
like this, Marvel movies, you know, any sort of superhero movie in the same vein that they would have back then because it was so novel at that time. Right, and everything sort of filled in the blueprint after Star exactly. Wars. Exactly. It was the then that's why. And so, like I said, and again, I'll I'll tell you that you know it's my number three, but I'll argue till the cows come home about every single one of these three films. Star Wars is so uh, this great. movie is not only my favorite Star Wars; it's in my top ten of all time. Yeah, it's an incredible, incredible film. So that's that's um, that's a new hope. Uh, next we're and we're just going we're gonna go chronologically. So next is gonna be Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. So Phantom Menace. Stevie's number two. My number one. I think this movie is number one for multiple reasons. As you've already seen, I had a very special encounter with this movie when I was younger, uh, which influenced a lot. Beyond that, that this that was a very formative time in my life. You know, I, I I've said I think I've said this before, but I saw it was the best tweet in the world. It was like, all right. I'm about to list. I'm gonna list all my favorite Star Wars movies in order. Uh, it was like number one, the the movies I watched when I was a kid. Number two, all the rest, uh, because it seems like a lot of people their favorites obviously are the ones that they watched when they were younger because they, you know, their minds were younger. It helped mold them, become the people that they are. And this was one of those movies for us. It was uh, it was during that time when we were really into fantasy, really, and we still are. But we had not, and I said it already, but it's like we had. We bought the visual dictionary. We bought the the Legos. We had the action figures. We got the there was the special stuff at like Pizza Hut, the the Pepsi cans that had Jar Jar Binks on them, or the sure. Pizza Hut toys that like we were ensconced in this movie, entrenched in it, and uh, and it delivered. I, I I loved this movie. Yeah, it's got some it's got some nitpicks for sure, but at the same time, it's just this movie to me. And why I have it as my number one is it is the most, in my eyes, probably one of the most pure Star Wars movies of them all. To have had the original trilogy do what it did, and again, like I said, Return of the Jedi kind of was a rehash of New Hope, but in, in forging all that new ground, Phantom Menace is not like Force Awakens. It didn't just try to reinvent the wheel. It made it, it was a brand new movie. So not only are you getting the backstory of Anakin and the backstory of the galaxy, but it's a fresh story. It's not like a oh, there's you know the Trade Federation's ship is up in the sky and we've got to take people out. Oh, that's part of it for sure, but that's not the movie. Right. You get so many great action set pieces in this film. You've got the Trade Federation battle in space. You've got the Naboo battle against the Gungans and the droids. You have the freaking pod racing scene in this movie. Now that's pod racing. Now, now that's this is pod it's working. It's working. Uh, there's a lot of great quotes in this. I have, so you, it's it's technically the first time you hear I've got a bad feeling about this. No, that would okay. Technically, a, a strange technicality. A, a strange we'll technicality. Actually, it would there's be, always a bigger fish. Oh yeah, you're right. It would be the it'd be the first one. There's always a bigger fish. Here's a new hope. What? It, well, right, but I was trying to think if Solo or Rogue One was before Phantom no, Menace. No, no, no. Phantom Menace is no. the oldest. I, I, you're right. The negotiations were short. <laughs> you were right about one thing. <laughs> the negotiations, negotiations were, were short. short. But then you've got Darth Maul, who is one of the. He's my favorite he's, Sith. He's my. He's got to be Sith everyone's well. favorite Sith. He's he's he speaks softly, but carries a huge. A stick. big stick. Yeah, he is the Teddy Roosevelt dream. He's the, he is, and Ray Park played him. In the fun fact, Ray Park also played Toad in X Men, uh, and also played Darth Maul in uh, Solo. So the fact that he's in it and his ship, the uh, what was his ship called, the. The Sith Interceptor, oh, right here. Oh, you got. I've got. I've got, got that it page open right up. Now. Uh, uh, the Infiltrator, the Sith Infiltrator. He's got that really cool speeder and his little his little probe droids. I'm just looking at this right now. But then, uh, obviously, you've got the um, the Duel of the Fates is perhaps the greatest Star Wars song 
of all time. And the, uh, I it's it is great, but I don't I obviously I, the I opening, wouldn't put it above just like the, generally the, the soundtrack yeah, for the first movie. That's fine, but this but is still phenomenal. It's, yeah, and uh, hit that you know two Jedi's fighting a Sith. You've never seen that before, especially a double lightsabered Sith. You've got I'm trying to think of what else is so great about this movie. But but the you got big, a Jedi Council. You got the How Jedi exciting Council. Is that? Hey, by the way, there's a bunch of other Jedi there's and they're not all Skywalkers. Exactly, so they're not all Skywalkers, and you don't get to see them do anything in this, this movie. This movie features but... not just my favorite Sith, but also my favorite and the most powerful Jedi, Qui Gon Jinn. That's right, and the most powerful Sith. We get introduced to Sheev Palpatine in this film, right. and we get one of the greatest lines of all time at the end of this movie when he sees Anakin <laughs> and says, we'll be watching your career with great interest, and right. I'm sure he was. But the thing I wanted to touch on with There's this movie... There's also Jar Jar that needs to be addressed. Oh, right, right, right. His well, tongue okay. is numb. I tell you what, I tell you what, let me... Uh, so this, I want to explain why I think this is the best, like... The, okay, I'm just going to explain why the sequ- the sequ- prequels are the best in my eyes, and then we can talk about the, the blunders of this movie. <laughs> so I don't think people have properly appreciated the political aspect of episodes one through three. And this movie lays the groundwork for how powerful of a manipulator Palpatine is in that he tricks – in this movie, he tricks everybody – but he specifically tricks Padme, Queen Amidala, into giving him, uh, to, to voting the current chancellor to give a no confidence vote so that he can be in charge so that he can, what was it, so that he can authorize the, um, basically like a, you know, if you give me this power, I'm going to help you guys out and then I'll give the power back. But in doing so, in the second movie, he's now had the power for a while and won't give it up because uh there's still a quote-unquote war going on there's just a lot and then he manipulates jar jar binks he 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 essentially he um i'm trying to remember he he trained jar yeah okay so get the this is the trippiest thing in the world no yeah well no jar jar probably trained him but right he tricks count dooku because count dooku at this point was just a he was a jedi and then he defected over to the dark side if i'm remembering right because he didn't agree with what was going on, but then he also didn't like the, um, what was it? The He was part of the Separatists. He didn't like the Republic. And so Sidious, Emperor Palpatine, tricks him into being his new apprentice. But in doing so, he has Count Dooku hire Bo- Jango Fett to hire Zam Wiesel to hunt Padme so that the Jedi can recommend Padme go off world and then has Anakin take Padme off world so that he can trick Jar Jar Binks into voting him as the Chancellor full time giving him emergency powers he does all of that to become the king to become the Emperor of the Republic and then in the third movie he seals the deal by uh um, you know, you know, oh, there was an attempt on my life, all this right. stuff. And so just th- that whole thing, it's even watching it recently. And I don't know if it felt like that in the past, but it just felt so current and it felt so timely the way that the, the just politics is being manipulated all the time and, and perception is everything. The stuff that's said behind closed doors, you have no idea about versus what's said in the public and how, you know, how much we're being tricked. It's just crazy that George Lucas was able to put that all into the sequel trilogy to show truly how abominable and terrifying the Emperor Palpatine. And that's personally why I think the Palpatine reveal in Rise of Skywalker is works for me so well and is so awesome because it's like, oh, makes total sense. He's literally the he's like the master manipulator. He he must have read the art of the deal. Maybe. Maybe. He wrote his own. 
I, but that's that's why I think that's here's the, a, here's the a best, question but. that I think needs to be brought up about Palpatine. Is he Darth Plagueis? No. And I know what you're thinking. <laughs> he killed Darth Plagueis. But as we know from Rise of Skywalker, you know, he has this idea of like strike me down and I will become you know, I will enter you. Do you think that that's part of how Darth Sidious became powerful? Do you think Darth Plagueis let him kill him so that he could embody Sidious? That's a good point. Sidious? Because he said, because he killed him in his sleep. Because right. the whole point is there's the rule of two. How ironic! Two. Ironic. Right. Oh yeah. There, he he could uh, he could save others, but from he couldn't death, save he himself. Couldn't save himself. Are you I, sure about that? Is what I would say. That's a good was point. That and, Darth and Plagueis that, is playing. That is. That's a great question and something that I don't. He think, was wise after all. He Darth was, was and it was it was a tragedy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, God, that whole just food scene, for thought. that whole scene in Revenge of the Sith is so good of them just basically watching a theater performance while he's talking. It's like a John Wilkes Booth moment. But uh, okay, so Phantom Menace, um, obviously you loved it as well. Love it. Um, but we got to talk about a couple nitpicks. So you, Jar Jar Binks, I, I liked him when I was younger. I, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with him when I was younger. And as I've gotten older, yes, he is annoying, but. It was a different time. Come on, because man. It's Jar Jar. It's Jar Jar. He's he, Jar Jar Binks is to BB-8, is to the Porgs, is to Baby Yoda. He's just George Lucas was like, "Ooh, this will be something that you know we can get some laughs, get some laughs for the kids, get a new action." I figure. mean, look, his tongue is numb. That's what that's his purpose. Is like <laughs> when he gets his face stuck in that coupling, man. Okay, Annie. Okay, Annie. <laughs> I Annie, yeah. Okay? Jar Jar's a goofus, uh, but. If your view of Phantom Menace is, oh man, it's a terrible movie because of Jar Jar, like then, yeah, on. that's because then you could say Look that at about how much any Star there. Wars movie. You could say that about uh, you know, the, the 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 other one with the character that no one liked, right? You know, that the other, classic character, that, that classic one, that Rogue One, though. You know, the one with all those characters. What was no that guy's liked. name? What was Shoot. his name? The he pilot. Was a real, uh, real thorn in my side. And I'm trying to think objectively, but I can't think of anything else about that movie that's bad in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, some people think it's weird that Padme is hitting on a kid, but I don't think she's actually like. No, she's being nice. She's not to like him. in love with Anakin. No, she's not. And even at that time, it's like what she's like fourteen. I'm or looking something. at the age gap. It's probably Anakin seems like he's like ten. I think they said Anakin's nine, okay. and, and Padme's fifteen. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah, or something like there. that. And it's like obviously, or maybe she younger. He may have been younger. Maybe she wasn't like, like ooh, Anakin. You want to date? Do you me? remember there was that one scene when she first saw him and she said. He's sexy. <laughs> I don't. It must have been the extended cut. That was the extended cut. But we also get people kind of didn't like the midichlorians thing. But why not? Again, sorry that you don't like it, but it's canon and it sorry, wraps up. Sorry, this is how we all... explain that the Skywalkers are so powerful. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's off the charts. It's higher than Master Yoda. Cup, ship, speeder. You cup, get, you know the rest. Ship. See, I just think beans would look so good in that. A cup, a uh, a speeder. Medio maliolus. That's right. Uh, I'm trying to scroll through here and see. Pod, yeah, the pod, pod racing. The is pod the race was part, so almost. good, and it's it's almost an hour of the movie. It's a long, maybe not an hour. The maybe sound like effects are so great. Ben Quadraneros. Oh, we get the great quote of Jabba the Hutt. That one's great. Sibulva. Sibulva. Oh, you get to see three PO and Watto. A lot of people complain about Watto. I love Watto. You Jedi tricks won't work on me. Uh, what does he say? Something to Dick and the mother. No. Or uh, what was he? Red, you get the mother. Blue, you get the boy. <laughs> Maybe we could talk with the huts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might want to hear about this. 
Uh, yeah, so we got some, I'm, I'm just flipping through this. So, well, we got the pit droids, uh, but yeah, that Gungan battle at the end was really good too. Like the, the, the balls that they would shoot at yeah, the Jar Jar accidentally killing yeah, everyone. That's part. Okay. So if you guys don't know about the Jar Jar theory, you should probably look into it. Obviously it's been debunked by the whole series, but it was like that Jar Jar is, is the most powerful Sith because he's pretending to not be one. And it's like, he knew um, like he ducked under a bunch of stuff. He the, the end battle when he jumps down from something, the way that the CGI makes it look like he looks like he's jumping like a Jedi. Bunch of bunch of stuff on that. <laughs> ha ha! Jumping like a Jedi, but he's not force sensitive. He's some sort of like force impaired. I guess he like accidentally maybe uses the force sometimes and doesn't realize it because yeah. he's so dumb. Oh, and and I will point out too as well for so because of these two movies for my wedding, uh, for everyone walking down the aisle before like my wife walked down the aisle, we had the New Hope celebration song playing. That's not true. Yes, you do. You did. Yes, the um the one at the end of New Hope. Yes, I thought it was. Do you not remember? And then I'm talking about walking two. Oh. And then when we left, we had the celebration the song game, from yeah. this. The That's oh, it played so perfect. No, you're you're thinking the one was because uh, what is it? Uh, the bum uh, That was when everyone was and then goes. That's when everyone gets their medals. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and so uh, that was really special. I had to have both of those. I was going to do Duel of the Fates when my wife walked out of the room, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, uh, okay, so then we're going to move on to the... So that's uh, overall, then, would you say... I guess you don't need to say anything at this point because we're still still going. I was going to say, overall, do you like the sequels better than the originals? But no. I, I don't like... I, I do and I don't. It's like, I just like it all as one thing. I look at it as just Star Wars and... and do it that way but we're moving to the last one which is rise of skywalker and so you guys heard my thoughts on that i talked for about an hour on it the other day the only new bits of information that i've had since then i watched it a third time in imax highly recommend seeing it in imax if you still can at this point it was well worth it it was insane and i liked it just as much as the other two times but the new thing that i noticed in this one was when ray heals ben um she also heals his scars as well which was really cool great i and i didn't notice that and if i think of anything else I'll, I'll chime in but we're wanting to get stevie's thoughts on this movie so rise of skywalker so i guess alex and i might be on an island here because we love this movie but it seems like i mean i've obviously i know i know a lot of the complaints people have but i just i don't understand why we've hit some point where people are expecting star wars to suddenly be something that it never was i mean these are these are movies that are supposed to be fun and this one knocks it out of the park in terms of being fun and being, you know, just an exciting adventure. Uh, there's people that have issues with the pacing. I thought the pacing was great because um, it's sort of, you know, frenetic energy the whole time. There's always something going on. Yep. This one might have the most visited planets and stuff. There's a yeah. lot of moving around, which I enjoy because you're not, I don't, it doesn't feel stagnant in any way. I love that the Emperor came back. I mean, he's it's the emperor. It's he's the emperor. He's, he's an iconic villain. I know everyone's like, speak. oh, Darth Vader, but come on, the emperor. No, no. and see, that's where I, I th- and that was I, I didn't. I sort of talked about it in the podcast, but I get your thoughts on this too. Yes, this is the Skywalker saga, and I've heard people joke about this, but I actually take this seriously. You could also call this the Palpatine or saga. the uh, C three PO and R two D two saga because I guess. they met in Phantom Menace. True, but I, I still think it's the Palpatine saga because he orchestrated everything. He orchestrated the entire Skywalker saga. 
He orchestrated the first three movies. He orchestrated the, the second three movies. He specifically says that in Return of the Jedi. He's like, I knew you were going to come. Like, I've been preparing for this. Did he do this. this or did Darth Plagueis? Or did Darth Plagueis? <laughs> we'll never know. That's the tragedy. But <laughs> it is truly a tragedy. Uh, ironic. Uh, but yeah, I uh, look, I, I've said this already that I loved Poe, Ray, and Finn. I love that yep. they were introduced in the first movies. I feel like they got short shrift in uh, Last Jedi. They were kind of split up doing their own thing and they all just kind of i mean this is the first movie where we got to see all three of them working together for almost the whole movie yeah um i think the lightsaber stuff was fantastic i the scene on that first uh i don't know the name of the planet this is the uh desert planet do you remember Uh, the name of that one uh desert planet yeah jaku no 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 not that the desert planet where they go they're trying to find the uh Whatever the Wayfinder. Oh, that was in Mustafar. No, 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 no. It, with with Kylo. That was not Mustafar. That was Mustafar. No, it's not. Yes, it was. I looked it up. That's not true. Yes, it is. It's Mustafar. I'll look it up right now. No, you're talking about where he gets his Wayfinder. I'm talking about oh, where they go to find it. Oh, that the was desert a, it. Was planet. a moon of Endor. Desert planet. The other Wayfinder was in the Death Star. No, but they went to the desert. Are you kidding me? Okay, you've seen this three times. Well, oh, uh, I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we took all that time. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter it's what the, the planet with the celebration. You should. Have yeah. Said. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. Wow. The scene there where uh, Kylo's running down Ray and his Tie Fighter, and she jumps and cuts the wing off, and then uses the Force to pull that ship out of the sky. And I was then like, blows oh, here it we up go. with Force light. There's a lot of talk. People are like upset that Ray is so good at using the Force, but like, guess what? That was the same thing with Luke. Like, no one was mad that oh, Luke is just some kid in the desert who can. Uh, you know, deflect blaster bolts with a helmet covering his eyes. Yeah. Like, that's the same story for Ray. She just has a different bloodline. And again, if you're upset that if you think this movie is saying that only people who are Skywalkers or Palpatines have the Force, you're not watching the movies correctly. It just means that they are, you know, sort of unnaturally more powerful than these other people. Because probably her midichlorian counts are off the charts, too. Yeah, because she could play Cup Ship Speeder all day. She could. <laughs> At the Tashi uh, station, waiting for right. her grandpa. I love Ray. I think this movie is, you know, yeah. does so well for her character. Um, same with Poe and Finn. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that, you know, Finn's teetering with uh, Force sensitivity. I would really, really, as much as I've talked about, you know, fatigue with these, I'd love to see a movie where he comes into his own as a Jedi. Um, and I'd love to see Ray get into some some business with the light, the oh, yellow lightsaber. Yeah, please. Um, I have How about very her few complaints. Finn? Yeah, that would be awesome. I have very few complaints about this movie. I I can't even remember if there's anything that I didn't like. And I'm trying to think. This was the too. first of this trilogy that didn't have bad humor. I think that I call it the Marvel humor. Alex would take offense to that. I won't disagree. Maybe we'll call it the Disney humor. Whatever it is, there's this kind of this very um, you know today anachronistic type of humor that I don't think belongs in a fantasy movie or sci-fi. Um, it bogs down Marvel movies a lot. It to me, it, like I said, that whole beep beep. Yeah, that was uh, one of the Avengers movies. Ooh, see, Steve. I don't knows want to his, think Stevie back knows on these. His Marvel movies always. I just, up I just, boys. no, I have these moments burned in my memory <laughs> where I sat and watched something, and it was like seeing somebody die in front of you. Right. Um, except that someone was what the cinema. The, what is this? My <laughs> mantra. Right. Uh, Wi-Fi password. The, it's bad, bad humor, and. Force Awakens had it. Um, 
one early scene when uh, Poe is like, so who's, who talks first? So I talk, oh, yeah. you talk. I was like, come on, please settle down. And then in Last Jedi, Last he Jedi, does it, he, he does, does it that, to, what's his that whole bit with, um, hello, hello, is this thing on? Can you hear me? <laughs> but then, of course, you know, Luke has the worst humor of it with his tossing the lightsaber and then right. the brushing the dirt off his shoulder trash. Yeah. None of the humor in this movie bothered me. With the exception of, I think, the whole bit of, they fly now, they can fly now. That was kind of cheesy. But that was the worst of it. I mean, everything else, I was actually laughing. Um, I love Babu Frick was hilarious. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> also, those little kids laughing on that desert planet. <laughs> I was laughing a lot. Steve <laughs> lost his mind in that scene during the movie. Those, I love stuff like that. I, Again, going back to New Hope and you know, Phantom Menace, whatever, I always love just... You know, show me some funny aliens. Like, right, exactly. Show me some funky creatures doing funny things. Like that's what I come to Star Wars for is to have fun to get, you know, lost in this sci fi world. When you get bogged down with like Rogue One is like, Oh, you know, we're we're in a war. I was like, Great, I can watch a war movie. It, it doesn't have to be plagued or not plagued, but like masked with Star Wars imagery. Like it's give me a the, fun Star Wars movie. It's the movie. difference between sci fi and fantasy. Where sometimes I think people are going, I want my Star Wars movie to be more sci-fi. Like I want it to be more accurate. And, but if that's the look... case, go watch something like Blade Runner, exactly. or go watch exactly. you yeah. know Interstellar if you want realistic you sci-fi. You don't like... get. All... I mean, even the Marvel movies, some of them are go- going into fantasy now because people can accept it. But I a think lot of arguably are... all of them are going into fantasy. Well, well, but a lot of them were sci-fi. Like Iron Man just built a suit of armor. The I Hulk think had a scene. That brings room. up like, a good point no of why piece part of it. why I don't like the. Uh, Marvel movies as much is because it's like, well, where are we? Oh, we're in New York. Right. That's ninety percent. That, that's why you like Guardians so much. Right? right, because if you're gonna go the sci-fi route, like go all the way, like make it this big, exciting, you know, imaginative yeah. adventure. And that's why I think Rise of Skywalker works so well because, you know, they kind of. I mean, people talk about oh, J.J. Abrams is kind of throwing everything else in the trash, but you know, he he knows how to make. Hang on, I'm gonna see if I can pull up. There was this really funny. Uh, it was like a Simpsons comparison or meme that was made about like the difference between Ryan Johnson's treatment of Star Wars and J.J. Uh, Abrams. Was it meant as a dig at one of them? Or the it other? was definitely meant seemingly as a dig at J.J. Abrams. They have It's two pictures here. It's Mark McGuire. The first one says, do you want to know the terrifying truth? And the second one says, or do you want to see me sock a few dingers? <laughs> and so that's the difference between Ryan Johnson's view of Star Wars and J.J. Abrams. And listen, if I'm going to a Star Wars movie, I'd rather see you sock some dingers. If I want a serious movie, I can go watch something else. There's plenty of movies out there. Um, Richard Jewell's still in theaters. Right. Um, and that's not to say I wouldn't like serious Star Wars because it works. Well. I mean, you know, arguably... Last Jedi kind of felt like a serious There's movie. a lot of serious Star Wars yeah. moments and a lot of serious stuff, uh, you know, themes explored. You look at, like, even the original trilogy, like Empire has got a lot of serious, heavy stuff. You know, when you find out it's his dad. But, man, I loved, you know, Star Wars. This made me feel like a kid again in the sense that I felt the same sort of wonder and fun that I had with like the prequels. Yeah. It took me all the way back. Yeah. So and I yeah I loved it. I think um, it's anyone dissing Ray. I mean, you've gotten two movies where Ray hasn't done nothing. So you we deserved a movie where she was a complete badass and finally like quote unquote completing her training because she's kind of eh in the first movie and then the second movie she's literally on an island the entire movie. And not doing anything except sort of training. Like I'm all about those lightsaber battles, and they, they killed it in this one. And I, I noticed this time too. I counted when I was in the theater because I was so happy. Ray, correct me if I'm wrong, but Ray 
completes every single force maneuver in Rise of Skywalker. She does she does, do she does a force push. She does a force manipulation. She does force uh, jump. She does a force throw with her lightsaber. She does force uh, lift with the rocks. She yeah, does force heal. She does force lightning. She does. Um, there was another force one I was thinking of that like, was. Isn't there like a special one in Last Jedi? Oh yeah, she does force slow when she's fighting Kylo. They both use it on their lightsabers. Remember when they're like can't move their lightsabers? She yeah. literally does every single force move in the movie, and it's and successfully does it too. Like. We got the movie already where, like, Finn and her are fighting Kylo, and she's very sloppy. I just liked seeing how clean she was in this movie. Like, she was, she felt like a Jedi, uh, certainly a Jedi Knight, but I would almost argue she could be a Jedi Master at this point for all I care. I, I feel like a lot of the complaints I see about uh, Ray generally is, you know, people calling her a Mary Sue. You know what that term is? I, I've actually heard some people talk about it, but actually I don't know. So I pulled it up just, I mean, the idea is that it's a, you know, it's a character who's, you know, seemingly perfect that, you know, gets along with everyone and has sort of unnatural powers that make them, you know, good at things beyond any level of training that they have. And it's like, man, if you're going to complain about Ray being that, why didn't you complain about Luke being that? Or Anakin. Or Anakin. Like, that's sort of... Or Qui-Gon Jinn. Star Wars is built on this stuff. I mean, most sci-fi, I think, is built on this stuff. People, you know, that's... If you're upset about that, why are you watching movies? And see, I think I think that is the fundamental difference between the people that either loved or hated this movie and loved or hated Last Jedi. Was I think that really is what it is? Is there there's a specific set of people? It could be really old fans, but I think it's mostly really new fans who wanted a sci-fi Star Wars, something where yes, this is a little more grounded. Yes, this has. You know, taking the story into new directions, whereas most of the other people wanted a fantasy movie of show me something crazy, show me something wild, show me an amazing Jedi, not somebody who's constantly having to train. And these are fantasy movies, so it should be more of a fantasy. But and I still think Ryan Johnson made a fantasy movie, but um, but yeah, I mean that's neither here nor there. I have a couple of quick questions for you in regards sure. to this movie. Touch on some of the controversy. So, how do you feel they did with Rose in this movie? Uh, clearly, she got uh, relegated to a lesser role. Do you think that was because of anything, or, that, or do you think that's because I think it's because she got a big role in the last movie? I think it might have been a slight response to the negative reaction, which is um, maybe not the right choice right, to do. But at the same time, like I don't see how you could make this movie and have her take an outsized role. Because if exactly. she would have just been like a fourth with their team, it wouldn't have felt right. It would have felt a little excessive because we'd have way too many characters to deal with. Yep. Um, so, and I think obviously she got screen time. Like I said, I liked her in Last Jedi, so I, you know, I didn't mind seeing her here either. Um, yeah, she might have deserved a little more. I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, based on having more of a role in the last one, you could have given her more time here. But I mean, you look at any Star Wars movie; like some characters aren't going to get as much time in other movies. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. I, that's just the way it goes. That's, I know, and I think, and that's I maybe some are upset because this is the last movie. It's not the last movie. They're going to make another movie. Yeah. So, um, okay. I imagine they're going to make, you know, and kind of explore uh, Finn's stuff with his force sensitivity. And if that's the case, she'll probably appear in a larger role because she seems to have a connection with Finn. I know. And I really wanted them to explore that. Again, glad they didn't turn it into like a romantic thing here. They kind of ignored that. Well, that brings me to the next thing. What did you think about the. Um, I actually, we'll get to the Kylo, Ren, the Kylo and Ray kiss. 
But what about uh, yeah. the reveal of her being a Palpatine? I thought that was fine. Again, it, you know, going back to this whole Mary Sue thing, like, are you happy now? Now we have an explanation as to why she's so powerful. Um, I don't think we needed it, but I think it works. I think it's really cool. Do you think she's an Palpatine actual involved. granddaughter or that she was like oh, Anakin? I, yeah, so I think that, I mean, the idea here would be that Palpatine impregnated somebody who then what forty years prior to this movie, something like that. Because I think it, you see is that her dad, and he right. looks like he's probably early thirties, so twenties maybe. I the idea of Palpatine impregnating anyone, I don't want to think about. But uh, it could be that unlimited I, power. I think it's more likely that he, you know, if we're going with the theory that he manipulated the midichlorians to create Anakin, he probably did the same either for Ray's parents or for Ray. Um. It sounds like it would have been her parents if he is saying he's her grandfather, because otherwise he would have right. just said, I'm your father. But well, that wouldn't well, make sense Because there, there's a line in the movie, too, where he says, I am the son of uh, a Skywalker. Or, or, my mother is the daughter of Vader, and your father is the son of Palpatine. Right. So he says, basically, that made, kind of made it seem like it was biological. So it could be. I don't um, know. I don't care. I really don't care. Even if it could be both. I mean, it could very well be that he had a biological son, and then when he found out that he was the wife was pregnant, he went, ooh, here's an opportunity (laughs) to influence the midichlorians. Yep. Um, Yeah, exactly. And then what about the the going from Last Jedi of her being nobody to now being, quote-unquote, somebody? I don't think it really changed that. I mean, the the thing that's funny is, like, we again, you know, going back to the fact that this trilogy kind of repeats a lot of the stuff from the original. Uh, we thought Luke was a nobody. Yep. Well, I guess we thought, oh, your dad is a powerful Jedi. But then we find out, oh, your dad is actually Darth Vader. It's like, okay, that kind of changes things. But uh, I don't... I, but her parents were nobodies. Right. They were they just, were they happened junkers. to be Palpatines. I don't, yeah, if you're saying, oh, that changes everything. Oh, we thought she could be this powerful from nothing. That, I think, would exacerbate the Mary Sue problem for those. So there's no way you could have done this to please everybody. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I Yeah, I had no problem with it. I was like, oh, yeah, sweet, Palpatine. I know. I doesn't, was like, like, I, doesn't, again, I was it didn't like, really it, affect me. To I, me, it made it seem like it wrapped everything up in a, like, it wrapped up the nine movies of, like, oh, Palpatine's at the beginning of this series and he's at the end of this series. Right, it's like he's trying to, you know, because the whole idea with Anakin was that he was going to be the chosen one to balance the force or whatever. Whatever that means. I almost would think what and it means. And Palpatine mean. probably saw Anakin as a failure in the sense that he eventually turned on him and he was like, great, now i got to try this again. Right. I almost wonder if Sidious did that to have Anakin kill him, to take all of his power like he was going to have Rey do. But then obviously, you know, that all didn't happen. But um, but yeah, okay. And then the, the kiss. Good or got not good thoughts on it? Um, I just know that's a very a dicey topic for many. I guess pretty. I neutral. thought it was good. I thought it was. I I know the first time I watched it, I was I was definitely surprised. I was like, oh, but then I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like I my first initial thought on it was she's like kind of a mix of like a thank you and a like we are truly a force dyad. Like we are connected beyond whatever. Like right. Thank you so much for saving my life and giving me your life force. See, and I think. You know, if you look at like Last Jedi with Rose kissing Finn and then seemingly dying, I think that made sense to do as like, oh, I'm about to die kind of thing. Right. 
And here, you know, it's obviously not going to turn into a romance because uh, Kylo died. Right. Um, I was shocked because this whole time I'm thinking, uh, you know, Ray is kind of Kylo's aunt in a way. In a weird, we, we've talked through very, this. She's right, sort right, of like in his a very weird aunt way. Because she is the granddaughter of Palpatine, and technically, you know, Luke and or Leia would be like the granddaughter of Palpatine, in a sense, because Anakin right. is sort of the son of Palpatine if he created him. Right, right, right. So, but then, you know, hey, Star Wars, I guess incest is a theme that's been explored in a couple of these trilogies. But yeah, you got that right. Uh, but, yeah, again, I would have much rather seen, and there's still time if we're going to do more movies, I'd much rather see a romance develop between Rey and Finn. Maybe that's not in the cards for them. I don't know. It's not I don't. I and I would be fine with that. I mean, honestly, I thought there was saying, gonna if, be if there's going to be a romance, that's who it should be. I thought there was going to be something with him and Poe. No, I I understand everybody's like, oh, it'd be great if they were gay, and that's fine. But I like bros can be bros. I know that that was one of just the most special Just because they like each other and are like, hell yeah, great job, dude. That doesn't mean yeah. they're gay. That scene made me smile so much, especially on this rewatch in Force Awakens when they're um, they're flying the TIE fighter together and there's just nonstop compliments back and forth. Yeah. And I was like, that's just... it's a Support king supporting kings. King supporting kings. Exactly. Yeah, Jedi supporting I wouldn't. Jedi. I wouldn't be upset to find out that they were gay. I don't think that, that would, they're going to take that route. No. But if they do, okay. congratulations. You know, I'm not... It's not going to affect me. I guess that, you know, there's another controversy with sort of an on-screen gay kiss in the movie. Right. It's like blink, if, blink and you'll miss it kind it's of thing. Not, and for the record, it's not a blink if you miss it. I saw it the first time and I saw it the other two times. And it's like a good few seconds. Yeah. It's not like a half second. Again, you know, kudos, I guess. It got removed, I think, for... Jaina. Yeah. Nice. It's just like, okay. Whatever. All right. Okay. All right. Well, any, uh, any final thoughts on Rise of Skywalker or on the trilogy in general? Guys... You are welcome. Uh, people have been sending me snail mail, fan mail. I've got piles of it in my basement asking for a two-hour episode. And uh, you're about to get a couple of them because we're, we're recording back-to-backs um, for this end-of-the-year sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, any uh, besides the fact that Star Wars is amazing and we love it right. and we've always loved it and always will until, uh, you know, in 30 years when they reveal that Yoda and Yaddle, um, you know, my final thoughts, really, <laughs> I guess, are, I think it's odd, and I've said this to Alex before, I think it's odd that the people who consider themselves the biggest Star Wars fans are pretty much the ones who only like two movies. Right. The biggest Star Wars fans, or those who claim they're the biggest fans, only like New Hope and Empire. They don't even like Return of the Jedi. Or maybe all these people do, don't like the prequels. Even then, they yeah they hate all the prequels. They, they might the like Force either Awakens. you know they might like Last Jedi. Probably not Force Awakens because they're like oh we're just repeating the same stuff. I just I, it's just bizarre. And I saw I'm I'm going back to another tweet I saw that said something like you know if you think that these movies ruin Star Wars maybe you don't like Star Wars. Right. Like if you've got a problem with the way they're telling this story, maybe you're just not really a fan of whatever Star Wars is. Right, you're a fan of, you know, certain movies because they're well made, but maybe you're not invested in the lore. You know, you don't really enjoy the Star Wars universe. That's fine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that because at the end of the day, you're right. Like, there's yeah, maybe this movie is not as great as the other movies, but you're still getting background on so many characters and learning secrets and and all this other 
sort of ancillary. It's the same for like Marvel movies with the Easter eggs in Marvel movies. Like you get to see those little things like uh, Leia's lightsaber or the fact that Ray's lightsaber is yellow. Like those to me, just those two things were enough for me to go, I love this movie. Right. Like I loved getting to see Leia be a lightsaber. This power. idea going around that like this movie is bad because it's, you know, fan service or like putting together all this stuff of like theories that people want to see is like, how, why is it a problem? That this Star Wars movie that they're making is one that people want to see. Like, why is it bad that they're giving us what they want? You're about to tread on Marvel territory here. Well, see, that's the same thing. Like, I understand. I don't like the Marvel movies. I'm not invested in that lore like that. So when I look at the movies, I watch them just as movies. If I were a fan of the lore and all that stuff, I'd probably enjoy all the fan service and all the tie-ins and all that stuff. I don't because it's just not for me. And so, but the Star Wars is the same thing. You're proving the point. Yeah. I I enjoy the Star Wars universe. I've grown up with it. And so I like pretty much any movie with the exception of Rogue One because it felt so far afield. Um, but again, I hope they don't water this stuff down to oblivion. Uh, I'd love to get more Star Wars content that is good. If it's as good as Rise of Skywalker, I want, you know, imaginative, you know, fun stuff. Fallen Order, I think, belongs in this conversation just I just finished Kashyyyk, I think, or at least the main part of Kashyyyk, and now I'm back on Ziffo, and I just got the the what the Scomp piece or whatever for yeah. the Droid. But um, I love that game. Without really getting fun. into any spoilers, <laughs> that game is, I think it's considered canon. It right? is. We get yep. introduced to new planets and some old planets, and again, we get to experience you know more Jedi. And to me, if that were one of the movies, that would rank you know highly for me because it's i i just love exploring that universe and some people don't and that's okay that's fine it's the same as the clone wars show yeah and i've seen the first season but i definitely have plans to continue watching it and it's great if yeah if you love jet if you love seeing jedi you love seeing lightsaber battles like why wouldn't you want to get into that sort of stuff and that's you know it's not to say that if you're a star wars fan you can't be critical of the movies like you have to accept everything that's not true at all either obviously there are flaws in each of these movies but i have so much fun with them that I'm willing to overlook those flaws. Yeah. And if you don't, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And I think I said that on my podcast was like, you know, if you don't like these movies and, and you're talking bad, I, I really do just feel bad for you. Like, it sucks whenever anyone goes to see a movie, especially a movie that they were wanting to like, or, or maybe they weren't, but maybe, you know, something where the expectations were really high and they weren't met. That's never a bad, like, a, never a good thing. That's always a bummer. So. Yeah, I hope maybe you get one down the road that you do like, or I hope that you still... Go back and watch the ones that you like. Yeah, over and over again. Until They're not going anywhere. There. Yeah. So that's a perfect place to end this. So for Comics and Cinema, Stevie, thank you so much for joining me on sure. this one. And uh, to all of you out there in the galaxy, may the Force be with you.